1: Alright, welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krechel on side. As always, the king of banter, the man who's achieved godlike status, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How you doing? <laughs> doing well. We wrote a book. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. am <laughs> so tired. <laughs> really tired. We gotta figure out. Yeah, we gotta... You gotta move Wrestle Kingdom, remove this book or something, remove the holidays. Something's gotta happen. We can't. It's unsustainable. The holidays, the book, Wrestle Kingdom. It all can't come at the same time. It's just we're, enough. Enough is enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then I, you know, I was sick the whole time as well. Uh, still, I've been, I've been popping lozenges all day long to get ready for this because I had no voice all day. But I wasn't gonna miss the Wrestle Kingdom preview show. Got a big time sore throat over here, you know. Working deep into the night, the last three or four nights to get this book done. I think for the first time in five years, I didn't hand something in literally thirty seconds before you're. <laughs>
1: <fucking> <laughs> it usually, yeah, you stand. were you were last minute, but yeah, usually I'm like Joe. I'm hitting publish, send it in now, or fuck you. <laughs> like it's not in the book. Like Chase Owens just doesn't get a, pro- a profile. You know what? Like if you, if you don't have it to me in the next three seconds, fuck off. Chase Owens doesn't get a profile. So. No, it was pretty good. You had everything done. I don't know, three hours before I published. So not not bad. That's good.
0: Well, I think I finished it four o'clock or five o'clock AM. And what time did you get up?
1: Uh, I got up at at four. I got up at four. Yeah, so.
0: Well, then, I, yeah, I must have finished at 3 or 4, so so I guess I did finish right at the gun again. But, well, I
1: didn't publish it until, like, 7, so you, you were all right. You had a little bit of time, because I still had to write two profiles, too. So I was actually, believe it or not, for the first time ever, you were done with your work, and I still had two more things to go. I had to write the Satoshi Kojima profile at 5.30 yeah. in the morning. That's 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 really living. That's yeah. living. When you wake up, crack the knuckles, and go, all right, let me talk about the strongest arm, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who was wasn't wasn't Azuka
1: the last one to go in though? Yes, oh yeah, that's right. I was doing Azuka and Kojima, I think, or maybe no, maybe it was, so. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it was it was Azuka that was the last one. So yeah, I do. Uh, that was a fun one. I I had I had my idea for what I was going to write about that one too, because obviously it was it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, the story with him and Tenzan up until the last few minutes. So that was like that was fine. It was just one of these things that I was like, he was on my list. I knew what I was going to write about him, but like you definitely pass him. Like he is the absolute last one you're going to write about. You go through everybody else first before you go. Okay, I'll get to Azuka. So. Or Iska, I forget how yeah. you're supposed to pronounce it. doesn't matter anymore, it's gone, so <laughs> it's fine.
0: The thing about the profiles is, you know, you, you think it's fun to take all the big names, right?
1: Oh, it's daunting. I hate the big names.
0: But then you realize, yeah, halfway through the process, the big names require big effort. And you can't really mail it in when you got Kota Abushi staring you in the face. You know what I mean? You got to do something uh, substantial. So it's like, I have learned as a veteran of the book, to run away from the big names, let everybody else have the big names because that's where the mental fatigue comes in. You know, there's four hours until the book is going to be published, and you're staring at a blank Jay White page, and it's just so intimidating because you can't just you can't throw three sentences into Jay White. You have to do it justice. So, um, yeah, but. For once, now here, the thing thing about it was, I usually bite off more than I can chew. And I didn't do that this year. I didn't claim any singles, guys, until the very end of the process. I just did my tag teams. You know, I did my under five matches, guys. I did my trios. Usually, I'll do that and claim about 20 singles wrestlers. And then, it's just too much. I pushed myself too hard. So, I think this that's why this year, um, everybody else finished in plenty of time and, um you know, you were the last straggler left this year for once, and you know, and, and you 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 just you get so stressed out and so <laughs> it's angry. Tough.
1: Well, everybody else finishes their writing, and yeah. my work's only begun. That's the problem. You know, everybody everybody does their little writing, and they think, oh, okay, I'm done and you're done, everything's ready to go. It's like, no, the, the hard part is sitting there copying and pasting and bolding these fucking stats and, and and making sure everything's left aligned and stuff. There's all this bullshit that nobody knows about. They do the writing, they're done, they put their keyboard away, and they're like, ah, it's ready to go. And it's like, no, my, my work has only begun, and I'm also doing the writing as well. But I do get very stressed out, you're right.
0: It's getting chippy, see? <laughs> I, I even met, you, know, you you get real chippy this time of year, you know? It's, uh... Everything, every little thing sets you off. You know, it, it's like if someone finds, I'll be like, "Hey, I think we
1: uh, <laughs> this year was I Shane Taylor."
0: <laughs> the best
1: part is this I year was made- <laughs> Shane Taylor of all human beings. I, I, I on the entire I, book there is there's thousands of names in this book. There's three hundred thousand words by the way. voice wrestling.com. It's on this right sidebar as well. voicewrestlingcom dot uh, slash NJPW nineteen book as well. So we have uh, we have three thousand words, nineteen chapters, hundreds of guys. Just these incredible essays up and down, <laughs> like there's just insane amount. Let me walk people amounts. through this. Let me walk people yeah, go through ahead. this. Yeah, let me
0: walk people do. So I'm going through, and I'm writing my profiles, and I'm, I'm cross referencing our statistics with my data, you know, to try to. Get, and I catch a, a little minor mistake with shape. Okay, who well, a lot of you may not even realize worked New Japan shows this year on that cursed New Beginning tour with the visa issues. So anyway. There was a minor issue with his one loss record. I think it was like, in reality, he was like one in three, but but the stats said he was one in four, something minor. So I bring it up in the office slack. Like, yeah, I think I found a minor error with uh, with Shane Taylor. We got to adjust his win-loss by one match. This is Kreech. Forget it. We're dumping him from the book. I'll just delete him from the book. We don't need Shane Taylor. That's fine. You guys are a pain in the ass. I'll just take him out of the book. Who needs him? No one will miss him. No one will know he's not. De- Rich, all true. All true. It's, it's a minor error. But, it, we but, do but, is, but,
1: but it's not, though. That's the thing. You're thinking the profile section. Easy. Just delete leave out. It's there all good. Go. Yeah. He's referenced 45 go. other places in the book. With the
0: incorrect record. Yes. So it's like
1: his total matches are well, wrong. His wins are wrong. Or the wins were right. The losses were wrong. His pinfall deferential yeah. was wrong. His match times right. were wrong. <laughs>
0: like, this is real nerdy. Real nerdy. <laughs> it was
1: like so. That's the thing. It's like, yes, in in, in ideally, yeah, you say, ah, whatever. He's, he's in this section. He's in that section. No problem. But then there's like, yeah, like I said, he's referenced oh, a thousand other times that you don't even know. So like one win or lost, you're like, oh, my God. And the, the biggest issue as well is we write way too fucking much with this book. And it becomes impossible to edit this thing. Because I, I use this different service than I'd ever used before. And it, it worked pretty well. But certain sections, there were so many words that it wouldn't let me edit it. I would go to try to edit it, and it would take. I would hit like delete, and it would literally take two minutes to delete that letter. So the idea of right. having to-, <laughs> to backspace or delete the forty-three Shane Taylor references in the book drove me. I, <laughs> I-, I was like, "Fuck this! I hate this. I hate everything. Delete the whole book. Oh, Fuck it." Oh, listen.
0: I strive for accuracy, and I'm only noticing little mistakes. So here's what I started doing: because Rich, you really bite your head off if you spot. Any mistake, so instead I go behind Rich's back to Chris Samsa, who does all the stats, and I tell him without telling Crage, you know, and I'll be like, "Hey, listen, Chris, there's a mistake here with Yoshinobu Kanemaru. You're missing a winning fall. Just get in there and change it. Don't tell Crage." <laughs>
1: okay, just get okay. in there, that and
0: get it changed. Listen, if we get it early enough in the game, it's before it gets into the you know. Because if I tell Craig he's gonna bite my head off, and he's gonna threaten to remove Yoshinobu Kanemura from the book, and we can't have that. we got to have Yoshinobu Kanemura in the book, because if we don't, people are going to notice that Yoshinobu Kanemura is not in the book, you see? And Shane Taylor. What I mean, do you think people would say, hey, where's Shane Taylor? You know? Who was the guy that was missing? Oh, it was, it was, uh, was it Tracer X or John Schuyler was missing from the stats entirely? And that gave Rich a nervous breakdown as well. I feel bad for noticing the mistakes. I think I'm just doing my job here. I'm like, I just, hey, I don't see... I just see- wish you
1: noticed them two weeks ago and not this week. That's all I ask.
0: I don't see John Schuyler, And, you know, it's like I get no sold. You could tell Rich is antsy. You can tell he's upset over there, pounding his keyboard. You know? Because the last thing he wants to do now is deal with John Skyler in the one match that he had all year. But, again, we strive for acting now. I think John Schuyler is in the book. He might not be. You may have not thrown him in there. I'm not even but, sure. I don't know.
1: I, I heard nothing about John Schuyler, so I don't know if that was one where you went behind my back. But, uh.
0: Yeah, I might have went behind you. Yeah, I mean, eh, Sam there. But that's the other thing, too. I don't want to insult Chris. He works all year on these stats, and then I find these mistakes. Like that one big one I found, what tag team was that? It, was it Raponky 3K? I think it was Raponky 3K. And their stats were way off. It was like... They were missing, like, three wins. One of them because they worked Fantastica Mania as Fujin and Raging, so that one got mixed up. And then there were two other ones or something. Yeah,
1: we had had a little issue with the Fantastica Mania guys. Like, at one point, like... Uh, Okada had what I thought was like one less win or whatever and then I fucking find out when he was like Gorilla Joe or whatever the fuck he was in Fantastic Mania and I was like oh god damn it like Gorilla Joe or whatever that and the same thing happened with with uh, Desperado that that last tag match that one tag match or that one Fantastic Mania show where they all worked like under new gimmicks or whatever fucked like a lot of things up <laughs> randomly so
0: yeah but but then I feel bad because the guy is proud of his stat work and it's incredible work you know And then every time I point out an error, I feel like he thinks I'm being a dick. You know what I mean? So it's like a whole thing. And then we got to go to you after we catch (laughs) the error. And then you're over there and you're biting everybody's head off. And I'm like, whoa, man, I just want Shane Taylor's profile to be as accurate as possible. Okay, sir? That's all I'm concerned with here. I don't like your attitude. You know? So it's in a whole – it's just nasty. It's very nasty. But the problem is there's really no other way – A lot of this stuff has to be done in, like, a week. Because New Japan doesn't finish their shows until, like, December 26th or something. Right, right, right. So it's like we don't have the data until the shows are done. So a lot of the stuff can't be done. I guess some of the writing could be done. What we should do next year... We say this every year. We're not going to do. Whatever you're going to
1: say, we're not going to do. But go ahead, yeah.
0: What we should do next year is... Write all of the shit for the guys who definitely are like gone from the company by fucking August because there's a lot of them, right? And get their shit written and all settled and a lot of the work will be done at that point, right? But then you know what these fuckers will do? They'll book people for those Corkin shows in December that worked in fucking – that haven't worked since fucking June. And they'll fuck us
1: all up anyway. Yeah, Hukuleo, like, Hukuleo will be in the freaking semi-main event or whatever. He'll be like, god damn it! Like, <laughs> or some right. old fart will get some yeah. main event slot for no apparent reason whatsoever. Like, Kojima will just be main eventing against you know kotobushi for the title for no reason. We're like, ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> how about
0: the uh, how about through how do we spell Hukuleo
1: discussion? That, that was fun. Hour, that I enjoyed that that that, uh, that at that point I was already kind of over it uh, in general. I enjoyed that one a lot. I believe in the book. Uh, you will find – it's a fun little game. I believe you'll find at least three or four different <laughs> Hikuleo uh, uh, pronunciations or, or, or spellings throughout the book. So, yeah, you can – you can
0: All correct as well. See, because the man changed the way he spelled his name 19 times. First, it's like Hikuleo. Then it's Hikuleo in all caps. Then it's Hikuleo with the little apostrophe gimmick and then the O at the end, right? So everybody did it their own way. And, again, I didn't catch that error until there was like 12 hours till the book was supposed to be published. And I bring it up, and, you know, Rich throws another conniption fit. And I believe your response to that one was, who cares? It's going to be spelled four different ways, and it doesn't fucking matter. We'll make it a game. Maybe people will notice. Maybe they won't. I don't care anymore. And I was like, okay, all right. No correct all on this one. Just leave it
1: well, however if, people Here's the issue it. is, is, is the, the service I was using, I couldn't use the find feature anymore. So I would have had to scroll through every page. And try to assume well, where he was. Yeah, it would have been just a complete disaster. So,
0: so you didn't want to go through four hundred thousand words looking for every reference of Hiku <laughs>
1: Exactly. Right. Because it couldn't do it couldn't That's do a find it. anymore. I it, it no longer right. I I achieved so many words in this book that the program I used just said, fuck you, no, we're not letting you find any more words in this thing. Like I so would you, hit, you, hit, you I hit control through. F and it would just never come up. It's just like no.
0: And it would tell you no. Yeah. It would say, nah, nah, can't do it. Can't do it too many references to Shane Taylor and uh, you're overloading the system but um, (laughs) somehow it comes together and it goes out and um, it's out there now what is it? uh, Is it on Amazon yet? It is on
1: Amazon, yeah, it it is officially on Amazon as of this recording, so you can go on there just search up uh, Voices Wrestling Voices Wrestling New Japan uh, Year in View ebook, you should find that and all the other versions on, on Amazon through that uh, also, com. we have it up on the right sidebar, so you get right to the website. You should see it on the right right there. Or uh, com slash njpw19book is where we have the links as well. Our sixth edition, sixth year that we've done this one, so... um Really, really it's awesome stuff, it though. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's one of these things that's, like, so goddamn stressful while it's happening, but when it's done and, and the outpouring of support that we get immediately is, is great as well. And we actually haven't gotten too many of the. We usually get the, like, I publish it, and immediately I get, like, 10 people telling me, hey, this is wrong, or hey, that's wrong. There was, like, you know, one or two things that people found so far, but really uh, a lot less than usual. So I'm pretty happy about that, and I guess that uh, <laughs> it makes the work uh, all worth it. But if you don't know what this ebook is, you have no idea what we're talking about, you've never downloaded it before, uh, you can download it for free. We have that option as well. We also have a name your price uh, option as well on Payhip, and and our suggested retail price is five ninety nine for it. And we always say like, regardless if you want to give a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want to do, you can name your own price. You can do whatever you want. You can download it for free as well. But just keep in mind that what we do is every bit of money that we make from this book, it's split amongst the contributors. And there are a lot of contributors that help out with art, uh, with essays, with different profiles. You know, not just Joe and I. There are a ton of other people. Twenty five, thirty five. God, probably 40 people that that are contributing this year's book and stuff, so what we do is with everything that we make out of the book, we split that amongst the people who contributed to the book, so that's just a thing to keep in mind, like, yeah, you can download for free and check it out, but we really do recommend, you're gonna get your money's worth, I I, I promise you, even if you give us a dollar, I promise you will get your money's worth, I mean, I think we under, we probably underpriced the hell out of this thing, but we want people to be able to read it, we want people to be able to see it, and that's one of the fun parts about it, but yeah, our suggested price is five ninety nine. dollars That's what you have to pay on Amazon. Uh, you have to set a price for Amazon, so we, we have no choice but to do that uh, for Amazon. But yeah, the Payhip, you can name your own price. Uh, we've had some people give us $20. We've had some people give us $50. We've had some people give us one. We've had a hell of a lot of people just download it for free as well. But as long as you download it and re- as long as you read it and spread the word, that's what we really, really ask for. But uh, yeah, as Joe mentioned, we got profiles, each and every wrestler uh, that was in New Japan this year. Uh, most of the significant tag teams and trios, that's what Joe uh, did as well. Anybody who wrestled under five matches in New Japan, uh, that year as well. That's always a fun little section. It was kind of funny that the first name on there is Kenny Omega. It's, it's amazing. The guy who entered the year as champion is in that under five category, which is absolutely uh, unbelievable there. We also have long form essays with a huge, huge essay section this year uh, with a number of different topics. Okada's shorts, uh, Jay White's title reign, Kenta's debut, uh, live, exe- uh, live event experiences from the United Kingdom, United States and Japan. So people that saw shows in all three of those countries. The hunk rating. Who were the hottest babes in New Japan? Sarah Flannery does the the hunk ranking. Did you did you get a chance to look at the hunk ranking and and, and give any thoughts uh, to the New Japan oh, hunk?
0: By fake sting, Sarah. Yes. No, I I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. I actually haven't even had time to open the book yet. Um, you know, I I went to bed at five a.m. I woke up with a uh, sore throat. I went back to bed and I woke up about two hours before we slap record on this bad boy. So. I haven't even looked at the damn thing yet, but I will.
1: Yeah, if you get it a chance, that's a real, real fun article as well. So a lot of, a lot of good essays in there as well. Uh, as you mentioned before, detailed stats, win loss records, pinfalls, fall differentials, match times, a ton of other stuff. Chris Samsa, uh, at the Chris Samsa on Twitter. If you want to follow him as well, always good for those, those stats. He gets referenced a, a lot on uh, New Japan. Uh, um, world as well with Kevin Kelly uses stats all the time as well so uh, you know it's good stuff there championship recaps results history tournament recaps results histories uh, detailed profiles on every single New Japan unit A review every review that we publish on this site in 2019 Every New Japan show review that we published on this site is in that book as well. Every single one. So it's really fun there. A yeah. uh, new section this year as well. A list of the 25 best matches uh, in New Japan this year. So we had the staff members all give their top 10 matches. Then John Carroll went through and put together the top 25 matches of the year. So that's a really fun section uh, as well. Uh, the entire Liger Beat series. We have been doing that on the website for the last year. 18 different essays. Andrew uh, Liger, all about different years in his career, uh, year-end power rankings, and then a forward by, and I wanted to mention this one last because I think this is worth kind of pointing out as well, uh, the forward this year, we had uh, Lance Archer write it, and we've referenced Lance a lot, and 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 I was really happy that he was able to do the forward, and I was happy he was able to agree to it, and I, I kind of mentioned in my introduction as I was kind of thanking him for for all he did, and and. It wasn't just because of the forward. I, I, I always said this, too, and I'm, I don't know if you and I talked about this before. I don't know if you read the uh, the intro at all. You said you haven't had a chance to open the book yet, but um, Lance was, like, one of the original, like, actual wrestlers that liked this show. You know what I mean? That, that liked the show, retweeted, said, hey, you guys know your shit. Hey, you guys are doing a good job. Keep it up. Like, he, does, he probably doesn't really remember him being that first guy, because to him, it's just like, whatever, he just told these guys that do this dumb podcast, like, hey, nice job, or nice work, or whatever, but we had, like, at that point, had just kind of interviewed, you know, indie guys. There was six or seven people listening at that time, or whatever, and for whatever reason, we caught his eye, and he always kind of gave us that thumbs up, and, and even those little retweets, or even the little, hey, you know, great work, or hey, this is great insight on in New Japan, or whatever, that little stuff helped us a lot tremendously in those first few years, and I, I don't know if he quite knows how important he was to this site becoming what it is today, but, but he is tremendously important to it.
0: Yeah, and he was on the show once too in those early days when he didn't have to come on our dopey little show. Um, but he did, and I thought that was a tremendous interview. And then you know, you don't mention you know he, you know, he reads every review. So then you whenever we're very yeah, you gotta be real we, careful. Yeah, you bury his match and he's in the DM saying, you know, threatening your life, you know. But um yeah, but it's it's you're right. He was one of the first and then, you know, years later you come to find out through You know other people in the company and in the locker room that, you know, they're all reading these reviews. And you know, one of the first places that a lot of these guys go after a New Japan show is Voice of Wrestling to check out the review. Which is why I tell everyone who comes, who writes for our site, I always tell them, you know, who anyone who writes anything or does any audio for the site, what's the one thing I always tell everybody, Rich? I say, assume everyone you talk about is going to read it or hear it. They they won't but a lot of them will just assume that they will. So if you're going to say something and have a strong opinion, by all means, go for it. But be prepared to stand behind it because there are going to be times where you will get called out and a lot of these people are listening and they are reading. As as we've learned over the years, I think, you know, Cody's another great example. That that going back to the WWE days. You know, tweeting at us from the locker room i know we, we
1: used to our tweets used to be like cody you have to be able to do something better like why are you yeah. why do you bother yourself with us like you're Isn't in the biggest wrestling for- company yeah. in the world you have a hot wife slash girlfriend you're getting a big push like why do you care what we you and J- joe and i these dorks who have a hundred people listening to him why do you care what we think like it was it was so bizarre that used to be our argument like cody we're nothing stop caring about us like
0: Shouldn't you be wiping off your stardust paint? What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you bothering with us? So, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, like you said, you know, Archer going way back. And I think it was um, – I guess I could talk about this now because it's, you know, six, seven years ago at this point. But I think what happened, like you know, when he originally uh, – we had reported on the show that um, Watanabe, who became evil, uh, who is now wrestles as evil – was going on excursion and we reported that he was going to be, you know, going to be uh, stationed in New Jersey with Sumi Sakai and working some ROH shows and working some at the time uh, PWS, which became WrestlePro. Like that was going to be his home base. And we all know that that excursion ended up being just fucking dog shit. But um, for him, anyway, he just barely got any work. But um, no fault, th- no fault of his. And I remember we reported that either on the podcast or, or on a tweet or something and. And it was Lance Archer who reached out to us and he was like, where, where did you hear that? And I, I told him, you know, who, who gave us the information or whatever. And he goes, oh, because he was supposed to be staying with me. Oh, and he was
1: I, having, I remember this now. Yes. He's supposed to be yeah, him. he's like, uh, I'm cleaning out my spare room for him now. <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> like, this is news to me. He's supposed to be coming I to Texas. remember
1: Texans. that now. Yes.
0: And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm 100% certain on this info because, you know, obviously I know a lot of people in New Jersey and still do. Uh, you know, connected the wrestling, you know, But um, we actually broke that news to him, and he thought the guy was coming to his <laughs> on the way to his house, and, and um, <laughs> for this But there was a last minute change of plans, and he ended up going to New Jersey, and um, yeah. So, and and then from then on, you know, uh, we found out that this guy was reading all our reviews and listening to some of the shows, and you know, we had him come on the show and everything else. So. Um, and plus it was a good person to have right the forward because he really broke out this year, you know? So it was a, it was a big year for him with the big singles
1: push. Yeah. Yeah, of course.
0: And so that was a good choice too. You want to try to make, you want to try to have someone right the forward who was instrumental in the year. I mean, we've had Kevin Kelly before when, when the English, when his English commentary really became prominent in New Japan. And I think last year was Cody, you know, which was a good get because you know, all the stuff with the elite and everything. So, um, you, you, you want to try to get someone who's also, uh, you know, had a newsworthy year. So it just fit, it was just a good fit all around to get, uh, to get Lance to do, to do the forward. But, um, but yeah, the book, uh, name your own price as always. And, uh, you know, like Rich mentioned, I just want to mention it again. You know, um, people get paid based on how much money the thing makes, you know, that's the deal, um, that, that people are offered. So it's, uh. If you want to read it for free, go ahead, but if you could throw a couple bucks, it's especially if you've never read it before and you're not sure, go ahead and download it for free and see, and then you decide how much you think it's worth, and then go back in there and, and, and do it again and, and throw us a few bucks if you think it's worthy, And then because uh, I really like to see the people who contribute and work hard on it um, get a nice little payday off of it, so uh, the more we make, the more we can pay everybody, So and, and the thing about the books, what is this, the fifth or sixth one now? Sixth year, six year, yeah, six year. I think it's good to go back. It, it's the one thing Rich doesn't want to put the reviews because it takes up a whole bunch of space and it's pain in the balls for him to copy and paste them all into the book. But there's such a good resource because if you have all of the, and you can get all the old books too. I should mention that too.
1: You yeah, we have buy- the links are on that site. I mentioned that voicewrestling.com slash NJPW19 book. Uh, that that link, the link on the right side of the page, amazon.com, if you just search for it. If you search for Voice of Wrestling year in review ebook, you will get all the other editions and they're all the same way. You can pay on Amazon or you can name your own price on PayHip. So you can download them all for free. You can download, go back and download all the old ones for free or go back and download the 2014 book and pay you know, 5 bucks for it or whatever, whatever you want to do. But yeah, they're all on there. Every single book is available uh, anytime you want.
0: And now that there's so many of them and they go back you know, more than half a decade, it's interesting because if you have all the books, you can say, yeah, what did Voices of Wrestling think of Tenzan's year in 2014? You can go look that up and see what we have to say. You know, if, Or if you're watching an old show on New Japan World, you can say, yeah, I wonder what they thought of – fucking dominion in 2016 will you can go read the review for dominion just open up the book and go read the, the review for dominion 2. that so the it's not like the books are ever outdated they serve a purpose they chronicle history and you can see what we thought in that place in time about every wrestler who has stepped foot in a new japan ring since 2000 and was it 14 or 13
1: uh, 14 14 was the first year
0: any wrestler who has stepped inside a New Japan ring since 2014, you can go back if you have the books and see what we thought of that wrestler's year in that place and time. And it's interesting to see, you know, because we give their outlook for the next year and everything. It's good to see where we were right, and it's good to see where we were, you know, dead wrong on people. And it's it's just uh, so the books are never even outdated. You know, every now and then I'll crack open an old one just to see what you know we wrote about, you know, whoever the fuck AJ Styles or. Or, uh, you know, whoever, Carl Anderson. What, we, what were we saying about Carl Anderson in 2015? You know, it's just interesting to go back, and it's a good chronicling of history as well.
1: So, again, yeah, as we mentioned, one last poll, uh, voiceofrestling.com. You can do, uh, go to the right-hand bar, and you'll be able to get it from there. Also, uh, voiceofrestling.com slash NJPW19 book is how you download it. And, uh, yeah. Really great stuff there, and I'm glad uh, glad it's out. And, and yeah, the thing we always like about it too, and as you said, is you know we get some people that say, okay, I got you know two days till Wrestle Kingdom, I'm gonna read it all, and it's like that's not really what it's intended to do. I mean, you can do that if you want, but it's more a reference, more of a guide, like something that you kind of have next to you at all times. And if you're watching a match, or or I, I always say like I think the best opportunity for that book too is while you're watching Wrestle Kingdom, you can kind of go as a guy's coming down and entering the ring, go okay, let me see what his years been, or you know what what these guys think he's gonna do in the next year or whatever. Like that's where I think the most fun comes in is is, is Watching the shows or, or, or watching the stuff and seeing then what we thought of their last year and you know where they're going and whatnot. So I think that's the more fun aspect of it. But yeah, it's really evergreen. I mean, yeah, it's about 2019, but a lot of the stuff we're talking about is 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 going to be relevant for for months and months after that too. So yeah. All right, so that is it for the book. Uh, go there, download it, share it, let people know. Make sure you pay as well, so we can pay our contributors too for that. So uh, voicepressing dot com uh, for all the details on that. So Joe,
0: you know another fun game. Another fun game is when, you know, Rich will say, you know, because we see the email addresses of the people who buy the book. So every now and, we and then see
1: like, <laughs> like, we see you. You're listening. We see you.
0: It'll be someone's like booking email address, you know. So Rich will be like, "Oh, so and so just bought the book. Who wrote his profile?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make sure. I gotta do damage. I gotta do pre damage control. Like, all right blank just yeah. download the book. All right, who wrote about him, what'd you say? Just and what'd you say?
0: And then if the person's like, "Oh, I fucking buried him." Rich is like, "Oh, Christ." You know, now this, you know, <laughs> this is a really bad look, but that happens um uh, pretty often. I mean, over the years, I mean, uh just today there was a couple, right? Yeah, so, yeah, there was a couple. Uh,
1: there, there's one that yeah, I don't and roster remember. Yeah, the the one I'll shout out um which I I don't think it's actually this guy, but every single year we get a man whose email address is, is is Boss at yahoo.com, and I'm just I just want to know if that's boss rootin or not.
0: Oh, listen, here's the thing Mauro Ronaldo has bought the book, correct m- multiple times because he has told us he has bought the book multiple times. Um, and they're best friends, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that it's actually boss rootin buying the book. I'll say that. Do I know for a fact? that that's that root boss letters and numbers is actually boss root? No, I don't, but it's plausible because it's plausible that the book would be on his radar. He's a pro wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. He has done worked matches before he's friends with a guy, best friends with a guy who has bought the book. And is it plausible that Morrow has said, Hey, there's this awesome thing that comes out every year. And I know you sit there and watch your new Japan world. Uh Check it out. It's, it, I mean, that's not possible. No, that's right? what
1: I mean, that's the cool thing about it is if it was like, you know, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson at Gmail.com. I'd be like, ah, there's no fucking way the rock's downloading this shit. Yeah, but, yeah. but I could definitely buy Boss Root and being like, you know, fuck it, yeah, I'll, I'll download this, see what these guys have to say. So yeah. See, that's it's one of those. It's perfect. Because yeah, if it was Cena John one at like Gmail, i would be like, oh, okay, that's not fucking John Cena. No problem, no chance at yeah. hell it is. But yeah, it does kind of work a little bit better when it's when it's someone like Boss Root, So I have no idea if that. uh if you're listening, hi, hi boss. Gonna,
0: Do you think um AEW cleaner sixty nine sixty nine <laughs> <we're>, appreciate <laughs> <laughs> the, the profile I wrote for him uh, this year. In
1: the, in the uh, I'm sure years. he does not appre- appreciate the uh, the Kotobushi profile that John uh, wrote. So uh, <laughs> that, uh, it was not a good book for Kenny Omega this year. He, uh, he took some lumps uh, this year for sure. I, listen,
0: I, I don't think I buried him. I was just...
1: You're just like, hey, he's not around anymore. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, it's it's um yeah, I don't know. I know he's uh, he has he, he's read the site, he knows we exist, so I don't know if he's ever bought the the problem with Kenny and and, like some of these guys, like you said, they're they're booking email addresses. It's X dash Y at Gmail it's like, all oh, right, it's clearly that guy. <laughs> like that's you right, know, that's what right. he uses to get bookings or whatever. You know Kenny's just got the dumbest fucking email address in the world, right?
0: I thought it was AEW cleaner sixty
1: nine sixty nine XXX, yeah. No, it's
0: I wasn't joking. I you know I saw that one come across and I figured out uh you know I got this cleaner I would have given you the book for free you know you didn't have to I hope he paid us
1: <laughs> I don't think he did I don't think uh I'm looking right now Boss Rutten did not pay us either so you know I tough. I guess that's fine I,
0: I think you should fight him
1: I should that's a great idea
0: you should fight Boss Rutten
1: god Watch out for
0: the Woodward Kick. Just watch out. Okay,
1: all right. Thank you for the tip. (laughs) That'll certainly help me in my fight against uh, Basaruna. But anyway, uh, that's it for the book here. So, Joe, as you said, this is one of our biggest shows of the year each year. It is the Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview. You're under the weather, but you could not miss this one. We're tired. We all went to bed at (laughs) 4. You went to bed at 4. I woke up at 4, but you can't miss... The Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview show is the one time a year, one of our biggest shows of the year. The, the, and that's the thing, too. People think the, review would be, the preview, for whatever reason, is always really huge. I think people really get excited about listening to what we think, what we're predicting, what we're guessing, our excitement levels. And, and the same thing happens with the review. That's not to say the review doesn't do well either, but the previews almost always do great. Because I think it, 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 it's interesting in that sense. I think it's maybe we're more excited about the preview. I don't know what it is exactly, but the preview always does better. It's always one of our biggest shows every single year.
0: Yeah, um, the preview and the review are usually two of our most downloaded shows of the year, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it.
1: All right, before we get to our Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview, Joe, I do want to let you know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Grapple. That's G-R-A-P-P-L. You can download it on the App Store or Google Play. If you do not know what Grapple is, you're a brand new listener to Voice Wrestling, you haven't heard the uh, reads before, it is an app where you can go and you can download it and rate wrestling matches. It's a really, really great resource for finding out what matches are rated really highly. It's a great resource for you know using while you're watching a wrestling show and seeing what the consensus is, what people are kind of rating matches or whatnot. It's great for going back and watching stuff and, and, and seeing what people liked. If you're a few days late on a show, it's great to say, hey, what's worth watching? What's worth skipping? Uh, and it's also great at the end of the year as well. We talked about that a few weeks ago. You can filter out the list, uh, look at the best matches of 2019 in a particular promotion. You can look at the best matches of all time in a particular promotion. And you can look at your uh, best matches, the matches that you rated the highest. There's so much you can do with Grapple. It's a great, great resource. G-R-A-P-P-L, again, uh, App Store and Google Play. Uh, and the reason why we're doing it on this show, usually we do it for a review when we talk about, hey, you know, Joe, the Grapple users gave this a 3.5 but we gave it a 4. Like, that's how we usually do it. This time, though, they did want to let us do it on this show, the preview show, because they wanted to let us know that they are updating Wrestle Kingdom matches live on the app as the show is happening. So you can grab your phone. Download Grapple G R A P P L, and as Russell Kingdom is happening both nights, you'll be able to rate and give your ratings for the matches, and see what other people are rating the matches. See what if you're the consensus, see if you're with the consensus, if you're against the consensus, whatever's going on. You can see if you know the match that you thought was five star, everybody else thought was five star. It's a really, really great way uh, to kind of you know jump into Grapple, and, and 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 this is a great week to do it as well. During Russell Kingdom, matches will be updated live as they're happening, so you're watching a, you know Kota Bushi versus Okada, and you want to give a rating for it, you're going to be able to do that in real time on Grapple. I uh, download it right now, App Store or Google Play. Um, and, yeah, there are uh, 20 promotions on there right now, not just New Japan, not just WWE, not just the major stuff. 20 promotions on there right now uh, and adding many more uh, at the start of 2020. So the more people download, the more people use it, the more people give ratings, the more incentive they have to add different promotions, add different shows, make sure that they have everything and be a complete app uh, all the way through. So, yeah, we, we love Grapple. Uh, we're, we're happy to be you know, sponsoring them. or we're, we're happy that they've sponsored the show for the last year, and we're happy to kind of talk about them as well. But, uh, uh, Joe, you brought up a really good point this week about Grapple, which I thought was, was, was interesting. As we kind of you know bleed into our Wrestle Kingdom uh, preview here a little bit, is that over the last year, and I noticed it in the ebook as well, there are quite a few articles in the ebook and quite a few essays in the ebook that mention grapple ratings. And you you had a tweet earlier this week where you said that it's kind of interesting how in the last year, grapple you know, and in no, in no small part because of us, you know, we, we obviously you know we, we, we drive the big the big users, the big downloads, all that sort of stuff. But no, I mean they they do a, a tremendous job with that app. But like yeah, it's stuff like us people mentioning it, people using it it has now kind of joined the lexicon of, of, of pressing ratings. Like you hear people talk about Dave Meltzer's ratings. You hear people talk about Cage match ratings. When well, last year, grapple, people care about grapple ratings. People talk about grapple ratings a lot. Matches are judged by grapple ratings. You know, wrestlers are judged by grapple ratings. As we said, a few essays in the, the New Japan ebook were about grapple ratings as well. So it's kind of interesting that it, it, it has grown to prominence so much in, in, in just one short year.
0: Yeah, the more historical references we have for stuff to cross-reference uh, with each other, the better in my view. So it's good to see that grapple has caught on and um, you know, you can cross reference grapple with Dave Meltzer's ratings or the ratings you see on cage match or the ratings that we do on voices of wrestling or wherever else you see match ratings. And it's always good to have multiple sources to, to cross reference when it comes to those things. And, and, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, like we talked about with the book, I'm a big proponent of, of, of chronicling history, especially in wrestling where, uh, it's only a recent development that people have cared about the history of wrestling and, and things like this. And, and um, you know, a resource like Grapple to me is very important. And, and I think it's uh, the more people that download it and use it and enter their ratings, uh, the better. You know, you want it to be a um, you want these ratings to, to represent um, as large of a pool of, 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 uh, of people as possible. So uh, that's why we're a big fan of it. And uh, we're thrilled that they choose to sponsor us because it's uh, definitely a product that we absolutely believe in. There have been things that have sponsored this show that you guys could tell when our <laughs> tongue is planted firmly in cheek uh, with certain products, uh, you know but, uh, but grapple is one that you know we absolutely do use on a day and out basis and believe in and it's an excellent app.
1: Yeah, it's been great for uh, Russell Keenum, and, and they did want to make a, a note as well. They've done some recent updates as well. So if there are people that have maybe previously downloaded Grapple, you downloaded it you know, at the beginning of last year. You downloaded the first time that we talked about it and said, ah, you know, I don't really like this app, or ah, this crashed on me, or this didn't quite work. Uh, make sure they said, you know, download the, the, the app again. You know, make sure you have the latest version. Make sure you have the updates because, yeah, a lot of things that were maybe wrong at the beginning as they're kind of beta testing and figuring it out have all been fixed and all been changed. And, and I can tell you from, from first hand experience, I haven't had a single issue with the app in the last, you know, six months. Uh, of using it, even though there were there were little you know hiccups at the beginning, you know things would crash, things wouldn't quite work, but yeah, it, it runs flawlessly for me now, and it's a, it's a great resource, and I'll have it open uh, all to Wrestle Kingdom as well, so I'll be giving my ratings uh, in there as well, and you, the good thing too, you can follow people as well, so you can follow Joe and I, see our rating in real time uh, as well on, on Grapple, so a lot of really good stuff you can do there, G R A P P L, as I said, on the App Store or Google Play. All right, Joe, are you ready? Well-
0: what do you think was the shittiest sponsor that we had over the years?
1: Um, okay. The
0: one that we were interested in the least. <laughs> I,
1: have, I have that answer for you right away. Um, I forget what it was called. It was the business travel bundle thing. What the hell was that thing called? One sec. So it was like, oh, remember yeah. it was like, hey, if you buy yeah. business class airline tickets through this site, you'll get a discount. I was like, um, and I'm like, buddy, who do you think is going <laughs> to know if that the audience show? like, uh, like you know, give us dick pills, give us ball razors, give us food, yeah. give us yeah. Dollar Shave Club? That shit, our users going to use. Bundling that's business class hotels and plane tickets together, uh, no. I don't know, buddy. I don't think it's going to work too well
0: shocking they never came back i don't think they got a lot of uh i don't think the vow code got used a ton on that one
1: <laughs> and what was that thing called um, i don't even remember
0: um i don't remember either I don't even how remember. about bloom that bloom that was a pretty shitty one with the flowers
1: the flowers hey i was glad they gave us a, a great bouquet of flowers here but i don't know yeah i don't know how many people used that one but no you know that in the bullshit yeah, really? no no cuz they did it around mother's day we sold a lot of those fucking flowers never mind they should have came back they didn't come back to us
0: they came back once. I think they did. I think we read an ad on Valentine's Day, and then they bought for another holiday. So it must have worked. People must have bought the bloom net, but uh, that didn't really fit the. Well, I guess that does fit. The, if you figure a majority of the listeners are male, right? I mean, yeah,
1: and they're lazy gift uh, givers as well. So like, ah, here, honey, here's flowers. You know, <laughs> like, right? Here's a bouquet. So I, I thought wow. of you for 15 seconds and bought these. Here you go. Like,
0: and these sponsors, they all send us free shit. So it's like we were getting flowers, remember? They would send us like bouquets of flowers uh, in the fucking mail. And then uh, you know, I was single at the time. And I remember they would send like a dozen roses to me or whatever. And I would break them up and give them to the, like different girls that I was seeing at the time. <laughs> like, oh, I got you these, these two roses, right? Honey, then I, I would eat you. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Yeah. Right. But then I'd have another girl come over later and be like, oh, I got these – these three roses for you you know and i would take those bouquets and i would make like oh here comes tlb listening to this
1: <laughs> she I, probably, what did she get I, one rose I, I, or two I, roses
0: <laughs> what's that what do you mean i always get you flowers
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen,
0: <laughs> it has not been a while but a month ago i got you flowers someone's buying flowers tomorrow what's that I don't know the names of flowers. What do I look like? A botanist? Yeah, I don't remember what color they were, but you admit that I got you flowers.
1: I believe they're florists, Joe, not botanists, but that's all right.
0: It was about a month ago, right? About a month ago. That's not a big gap. I mean, and they were for nothing. They weren't even for an occasion. I just got them because I love you. So I should get some credit for that, I think. I don't think I should. You're coming down these stairs burying me here. But, you know, I did a nice job with the flowers. But anyway, that's what I used to do with the Bloom That Flowers, is to break up the bouquets and give them the various girls that I had coming over here. So that was uh, the plan there. Rich, change the subject, Rich. Now, well, yeah, plan. well,
1: absolutely, because yeah, you're getting in trouble here. You're getting buried. Uh Wrestle Damn. Kingdom 14, Joe, two nights, January 4th. January fifth. Before we start going match by match, kind of breaking down everything as as it comes. Uh, overall, kind of thoughts, excitement level, getting into the show. You're, you know, it's it's two days away uh, at the time of this recording. Are you excited for the two nights? Is the two nights overwhelming to you? You know, what are your overall thoughts before we kind of start breaking this down match by match?
0: Yeah, I'm ready for it. I just want to. Uh, I'm ready for the shows to happen. I mean, I couldn't get into those corking shows last week for whatever reason because I just I want to get on with it and. I want Wrestle Kingdom to happen, and I want to see where we're going moving forward in 2020 and the new directions and New Year Dash coming up after that. I mean, this is like if you throw in All Japan and, you know, I guess Noah, but those shows aren't going to air for a while. This is like five straight days of wrestling. I mean, I know there's an All Japan show on right now as we record this. There was an All Japan show last night that I watched. Then we'll have the two Wrestle Kingdoms, New Year Dash. It's crazy. So uh, I'm, I'm just ready for the shows to happen.
1: Absolutely. All right. So let's get it. Uh, let's get it started here with night one and Joe historic moment here in the dark match. So some people I guess I'll get your thoughts on that. But there's a dark match here. A stardom special match. What do you think about stardom getting on the card? New Japan finally having women, quote unquote, whatever you want to say about that. Uh, but it's a dark match. Do you have any do you have any issues with this match being on the show? Do you have any issues with it being a dark match? What do you think about everything that's kind of going around this the stardom special match that we have here?
0: No, I mean I don't care either way. My my stance remains the same as it always has when people were arguing about that nonsense over the last couple of years. Um, I couldn't possibly care less if, uh, if there's stardom matches or women's matches on New Japan shows moving forward. That's fine with me. And I couldn't possibly care less if there was never another women's match on a New Japan show moving forward. That would be fine with me, too. It does not matter to me. Just give me good wrestling. Give me good stories. Give me good action. And the rest, I, I don't care if it's if it's men or women. So um, no one's going to see this, though. This is a legitimate
1: dark match. Yeah, are we going to get fan cams, or what are we going to get of this thing? I, I don't know. Yeah, because there's, there's pre- we should state that there's dark matches and then there's pre-show. We're going to talk about the next two pre-show matches that'll be going on while yeah. people are entering the building, while people are kind of getting ready or whatever. This, that Stardom special match, is a straight-up dark match, so it, who knows? I don't know if anybody will film it. I don't know if it's just there for the life. I don't know what is going on with this thing. It'll be interesting to see uh, what if it emerges or, or, or what happens afterwards, too. So,
0: Well, it's because of Stardom and New Japan's various television deals and, mm-hmm. and- and whatnot, so there's a lot of legalities there involved, but um, they do have, now this is not the first time there's been women's matches on New Japan shows, I think some newer fans may not realize that, so this is not like some, you know, groundbreaking, first-time-ever sort of deal either, there's been women's matches, there's been offer matches on New Japan shows in the past, not recently in this era, I think the last time women wrestled on New Japan show would probably be when Maria Kanellis and Amber Gallows were in a mixed tag, probably what, two thousand. 15 something
1: Mm, like that right yeah 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 Um, yeah
0: you know and those that was a mixed tag and then before that of course china China had
1: had
0: had a terrible run in new japan and there have been offer matches and whatnot but i'm sure we'll see more of this moving forward with them being under under the same ownership umbrella i mean um do i think at some point there'll be full integration i mean it's pro wrestling you never say never but i don't think it's anything that's close or on the immediate horizon but um, there's really no way to see this match unless you're in the building. At least the, that's the last I heard because of the uh, you know, the different contracts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, Arisa Hoshika and uh, Mayu Iwatani against Hana Kimura and uh, Julia. Now this is kind of controversial because this Julia this is the girl who, if you remember Rich, made that controversial jump to stardom right before the Bushi Road deal was announced. And a lot of uh, Joshi fans were upset about that and listen I don't know enough about it to have an opinion either way I just don't care um, and, and I'm not qualified to comment on on whether that was some kind of dirty business or whatnot. but what happened now is she ended up in this offer match and a lot of the stardom veterans were publicly upset that this new newcomer was given this big opportunity to work a Tokyo Dome match at Wrestle Kingdom while they're sitting this one out so there's a little bit of controversy here with this match too but, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's, 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 I'm sure it's something we'll see a little bit more of moving forward. I just, if you're, if you're hoping for full integration, though, no, I don't, that's not something I would be counting on, at least in the near future.
1: Absolutely. All right. Let us get to the uh, pre show matches here. Two pre show matches uh, on night one. This is January 4th, of course, night one. Uh, Russell Kingdom, our first uh, pre show matches. Great Bash Hill. Still keeping it up. Tomi Hanma and Togi Makabe, uh, Yua Uemura and Yuji, uh, or Yota Suji, uh, versus Toa Hinari, Alex Coughlin, Carl, uh, Clark Connors and Carl Frederick. So young lions and some old guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean that'd be fun. <laughs> you know, fun little offer match here. Uh not gonna be very long and and it is unfortunate. We'll talk about it on night two. Uh no New Japan Rumble this year as well. So instead we've been replaced with uh, just random tag matches, and then we're gonna talk about it a little bit later on night two. Uh the gauntlet tag match. So no no New Japan Rumble, but you get uh you get your young lions mixing it up with some of the old farts too. So
0: Yeah, I mean the LA Dojo guys, uh the three prominent ones anyway, Coughlin, Connors, and Fredericks, they worked hard all year. Uh, they worked more tours than people think. They helped out at that new beginning disaster in the U.S. They worked all the U.S. shots. Um, they obviously came and worked some tours in Japan. So they'll team with Hanare. And then you've got uh, the Great Bash Heel guys uh, to you know shoehorn Hanma onto things because Makabe, I think, does work uh, the the next night. And then uh, Suji and Uemura. So, yeah, just a standard New Japan undercard eight-man tag and uh, a, a good opportunity. Look, sometimes it takes years and years for – Non Young Lions to get onto a Wrestle Kingdom show, and even though this is a dark match, this is a uh, this is a good spot for the LA Dojo guys and the other two Lions here, uh, getting an opportunity to work on Wrestle Kingdom.
1: Absolutely. and One thing you'll know if you uh, if you if you do download the New Japan ebook is just how how good of a year Carl Fredericks had, and how if it's not obvious that they think this guy's a fucking star. Go look at those numbers. Go look at those stats. And that's what's awesome about our book is that we, you know, we look at the fall numbers. We look at the wins over guys. We really, really dive in deep. And when you look at it, it's like he is leaps and bounds, head and shoulders, above any of his, uh, his other contemporaries, any other young lion. He's got wins over legit roster members, which never happens. Like that guy, you, When you see him and you say, hey, wow, that guy looks like he's a fucking star, they see the same thing. They know that guy's a goddamn star in the making. So.
0: He has absolutely been booked like a future star. They are doing things with Carl Fredericks that they do not do with other young lions especially at his stage uh, he obviously won the young lion cup that's a, a, a you know a big indicator there but rich his team in the world tag league he teamed with goto and that, they had six points he they won three matches and none of them were over you know another he was the only young lion in a tournament you know the only that's the first time in ages that a young lion has scored points in a new japan tournament that you know it, it, where the points weren't scored over other young lions. You understand what I'm saying? Like he, his team scored six points over veteran wrestlers. That's unheard of. It's ridiculous. And it wasn't just one win. They got three wins, three wins over veteran teams in the world tag league. That's crazy. I don't think people understand the magnitude of that, you know? And, and like you said, that's the kind of stuff we really dig into in the book. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's very obvious that, you know, just by the way that they book Carl Fredericks and, uh, you know that that they see. I would not be stunned. I'm saying
1: he's, he's taking it. He's winning. He's pinning Uemura or Suji or one of those guys for sure.
0: I, you know, if if his side wins, it will be him. I'd be shocked if Togi Makabe is not dropping that knee on Clark Connors. <laughs> I you know,
1: yeah, I guess you're right. But, Although he doesn't I mean, care, like you know, whatever. He probably doesn't give a shit.
0: But you know, the point here is 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 what everybody else sees in Fredericks. I mean, he's like six foot four. Um you know he's he's built like a brick shit house. He's a good looking guy, annoyingly
1: handsome. Yeah, Fucking
0: annoyingly asshole. handsome, tr- <laughs> tremendous hair. Obviously a great athlete, um, and and a, and a, and, a, and a really good worker. And and they see it too, and and you can see it in the booking.
1: All right, so next match here, next pre show match before we get to the uh, actual business end of the card here is Tenkozi. It's a uh, Tenzan and Kojima versus Nagata and Nakanishi. So this was a uh, that a match at the World Tag League or whatever. I mean, it's a good good spot to have these guys. I'm glad these guys got on in the card. It uh, kind of stinks as the pre-show, but given the bodies of uh, both Tenzan and Nakanishi, uh it's probably the better spot for them. You don't really want these guys on the major show anymore. Which kind of stinks for Kojima and Nagata who can still kind of go a little bit, but yeah, their their respective partners are just absolutely it, it, it I don't I don't ever want to like force guys out, but like Tenzan and Nakanishi should probably just just hang them boots up. It, it's bad.
0: I compared Nakanishi in the book to late stage Mae Young.
1: And I, <laughs> it was like 94 or something.
0: I'm not even – but I'm not even like trying no, to – No,
1: you're funny. right. Like, yeah, it's,
0: it's – He cannot move. It looks – at this point when Nakanishi moves around the ring, it looks like he's in physical pain. And um, you know, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious at all. I, I really think – now. look. He knows his body better than anyone. It just – it looks horrible though. You cannot suspend – disbelief for this guy anymore that's how bad he is and you know just a year ago you know he's out there every now and then he would have one of these renaissance performances where he would just look like he was 20 years younger but this year that didn't happen he Mm -hmm. just looks awful and Tenzan of course he's got that issue with his ankle where it's at like a 90 degree angle and he's not moving around real good anymore either I mean he's not nearly at the Nakanishi stage but he's getting there and Again, I don't want to make this a three-hour plug for the book, but if you read our book, you can see how the booking of Tenzan has changed this year. They've really done things with him, where um, you know he's 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 sort of um, been put in some situations that he's never been in before, booking-wise. Um, you know, he lost a match to Ayato Yoshida and and um, and uh, Shota Aminu before Yoshida went back to. Uh, his home promotion, they beat Tenzon and one of the Young Lions. I can't remember which one it was. Rich, again, that's unheard of right. for a veteran wrestler to lose a tag team match to two Young Lions, even when they team with another Young Lion. It's usually the veteran wrestler scoring the fall. So, again, you see things in the booking where even they recognize that the end is is perilously close for Tenzon. Now, an interesting thing, if you go back and read the older books, Tenkoji
1: usually dominates. Oh, ninja. they were so protected. Yeah, they wouldn't get title shots, but they never lost. It was this weird and- thing where like we we uncovered it every single year that like these assholes should always be the tag champions because they never lose. They just never got tag title shots for the same reason. They- it was very bizarre. Well,
0: well, and they would dominate this Blue Justice team. They would always beat Nagata and Nakanishi. And in the final night of the World Tag League, Nagata and Nakanishi got them. So if you're looking for Anything to sink your teeth into with a match other than nostalgia with this, this is a rematch from the World Tag League with Tenkoji looking for some revenge against Blue who J- They've wrestled Nagata and Nakanishi a billion times, and they they usually win, but they lost the last one. So as someone who's a huge you know Kojima fan and I follow Tenkoji very closely, that's what I'll be looking for here if they get their win back from the World Tag League. How about that, Rich? I gave people a reason – to pay attention
1: to the booking of this of this fucking do match. Both, here. We both we both pre show matches. We said watch out for Carl yeah. Fredericks. Maybe he gets the upset win. And then yeah, look for the uh, the revenge game for for Tinkochi against the guy in Ak- There you go. It's perfect there. That's-
0: you listen for three hours. Right. We haven't this-
1: even gotten to the actual show yet. This is this is why you're getting the popcorn ready while people are walking in, all the lights are on in the arena, and we've already given you we've already given you a ton to sink your teeth into.
0: Give you a little something here. These matches aren't throwaway. Everything matters. Let's go. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. All right. Actual show now, business end of the card. We start out with the second to last match of Juice and Thunder Liger's uh career. It is Liger teaming with Tatsumi Fujinami. Great Sasuke and Tiger Mask versus Sano, Otani, uh, Takayama, and Ryusuke Taguchi as well. So this is a, a collection of of friends, foes. Partners, just kind of everyone, all the buddies getting together and having a having a fight. So it's 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 pretty awesome, man. I can't wait to see Fujinami in there. Uh, I hope Great Sasuke brings his barrel. Uh, he probably won't, but uh, yeah, I, I love. I, I'm actually you know, so that the Liger Fujinami Sasuke Tiger Mask team is a lot of fun. But I like the I like just the the, the Otani Sano and and Takeyawa with Taguchi as well. I wonder if Taguchi's a little more serious in this moment as well because those dudes, those guys aren't going to really be down for fucking around and playing with your butt. So I don't know.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, look, it, it, it's not going to be any kind of work rate classic. Uh, I don't know how much time it's going to get. Th- they'll all try hard. We should mention that uh, Norio Hanaga is the referee, and uh, El Samurai will be in the the oh, Rival. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kuniaki Kobayashi will be in the uh, Naoki Sano corner. And, uh, of course, if you're a newer fan, Naoki Sano and Jushin Thunder Liger were, were rivals um, how long ago now? 20, 25 years ago, I guess. Maybe longer. Um, and, and, and that's why Sano was brought back for the show along with all of other, uh, Liger's old pals. So yeah, I mean, this is just, it's Liger's retirement. If this is what he wanted, then this is what he should get. And this is thick with nostalgia. You know, I, I don't quite know the Taguchi connection or how he got in here. I don't know if if one of these guys trained Taguchi or something. I, I'm not familiar with how, Taguchi sort of I, I know why everyone else is involved. I, I understand the historical connection to everybody else here, except for Taguchi. So maybe there's a listener that knows better, or I can research that. But um, yeah, Taguchi sneaking his way into the match. But yeah, uh, match number one of the two uh, Jushin Thunder Liger retirement bouts.
1: So it looks like, I guess Taguchi was trained by El Samurai, had a part in his training. So maybe that's it, or they just needed... He was just the dude that they just had or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and, and as far as, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into it a little bit more when we talk about night two as well with Justin Thunder Liger and, and how he's kind of ending uh, his career. But, uh, yeah, it, it's in one breath, it's kind of disappointing that, that he's not in sort of like a big-time match or a big-time singles match or whatever. But, like, knowing Liger, this is exactly what Liger wants. He's going to be on the opener both nights, and both of these nights are going to be less about maybe him, even though he doesn't – he – he, he, he will, that, that he can't avoid it on the sixth. The sixth will be all about him. But I think on these nights, he wants it to be about his buddies. He wants it to be about his old rivals, the guys coming back. And then on night two, we'll talk about it in a bit, is all about the next generation, the new, you know, juniors to take over the company or whatever. And, and that's kind of what that guy's been for the last, you know, 10, 15 years now is like all about building the next generation, building the next, you know, great junior division in, in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, in one breath, it's like disappointing that we didn't get like, you know, Tanahashi versus Liger or whatever, but knowing that this is probably what he wanted. He probably just wants to be with his buddies, have a fun little tag match, and then the next night have a match with his former rivals against two other rivals and pass the torch or whatever. That's probably exactly what Justin Thunder likes. Uh, Liger wants out of this and would probably hate the idea of him being in like a special singles match, a uh, featured on the card or whatever. So,
0: yeah. The, um, the Sano Liger feud, I guess, was 89. So that'd be what, 30 that 31 years ago
1: it's yeah right around there man yeah jesus
0: my god we're all gonna be dead soon <laughs> <really close.
1: laughs> i was born in <laughs> 1987 that makes, makes you feel any better so it was two when these guys were <laughs> chopping it up there oh dear god all right uh let's move on to the next match here it is evil sonata shingo and bushi versus suzuki Goon team uh Minoru suzuki taiichi zack saber jr and el desperado we talked about this uh, a few weeks back pretty disappointing that this is it for Shingo, uh pretty disappointing there. Uh but yeah, other thoughts on on the LIJ uh, versus Suzuki Gun just kind of random eight-man tag match here.
0: Yeah, I mean my thoughts remain the same as the first time that we briefly previewed it. Um I I, I really don't think these eight-man tags have a place on a Wrestle Kingdom show, even you know if you're doing two of them. And unless there's a big angle that takes place on, in these matches, then I I will continue to complain about them. And I'll leave my words if they do some angles. You know, that, that's fine. If they do, they break up Suzuki Gun or um, do something with Shingo or, you know, whatever, um, set something else up, then, then that's fine. But if these are just eight-minute matches that you would see on a house show or on fucking, you know, destruction and Bipu or whatever the hell, then that this has no place at Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, you've got to do better than this, in my opinion. But uh, we'll see. We've been hearing some things. we You know, we think that, um, you know— well, we weren't given any names, but you know they might be you know debuting some new wrestlers on one of these two shows, and uh, we heard they may be doing some major angles, so maybe some of that will come out of these two eight man tags.
1: Uh, and yeah, I guess we could just really quickly go over the next eight man tag. You got uh, the Chaos Team: Goto, Ishi, Yano, and Yoshihashi versus the Bullet Club uh, uh, Four uh, t- Team: uh, Bad Luck Folly, Chase Owens, Kenta. Uh, on Yujiro Takahashi. So again, not much there, but yeah, you hope that there's at least some angles going on, something going on. You know, we talked about, you know, th- there have been some kind of rumblings or rumors that maybe Taiichi, you know, ascends to the top of, of Suzuki Gun. That'd be a pretty cool thing as well to see uh, something happens with LIJ. Like there's a lot of stuff that can happen angle wise that happens, but like you said, um you know until we see that we, we have to call call it like we see it. And and those are kind of shitty matches to have on on the Wrestle Kingdom show. So yeah, this
0: is just total hitting a buster on Chase after 9 minutes and then Goto and Kenta going nose to nose you know to heat up their match the next night that's not a wrestle kingdom worthy match you know wrestle kingdom should be different it should be treated as such so um you know that's that's why i'm not happy with any of this i should mention that this will be chase owens debut on wrestle kingdom proper he was in the rambo in 2018 2 years ago and last year he cornered the Bullet Club trio in the in the pre-show Never Gauntlet. Remember, it was Marty Scurll, Yujiro, and and um, Hangman Page. Yes, and they lost. They lost the first leg of the gauntlet, and then Chase Owens and Yujiro turned on Scurll and Page and kicked them out of the Bullet Club. People don't like know that or remember it because it was on the pre-show and the camera didn't really focus on it. But that was how Marty Skrull and and Hangman Page were kicked out of the Bullet Club in New Japan Canon. Because remember, they were done with the company. As, well, Page was at least, and Skrull came back later in the year as part villain enterprise. But that's how they wrote those two guys out of Bullet Club in that gauntlet match last year, where Chase Owens and Ujiro turned on them after they got eliminated. Because I think either Skrull or Page took the fall, and then Owens and Ujiro like got in their fit, and then that they kicked them out of the Bullet Club. So. Other than that though, this is Chase Owen's first appearance on the show proper. No dark match, no corner in anybody. So good for him. Good for him. It's been his first New Japan match was 2014, coming in with Bruce Tharp, you know. And I wrote about him extensively in the book and his slow climb up the ladder. He's just a grinder. He does his job. He does what's asked of him. He does it well. And, you know, now you look, you know, slow progression. You know, he gets in the Rambo a couple of years ago. Um, this year, he worked a full schedule. He worked like 117 matches. He's essentially a full-timer now, and now he's got a spot on Wrestle Kingdom. You know? So it's a nice little story for a guy who came into the company as just one of those NWA guys. And he's the last one left. You know, you don't see Rob Conway or Jack Stane or Bruce Tharp Big around They
1: Big Daddy, Yum Yum. He's gone.
0: Yeah. All those guys. So it's like uh, good for him. You know, and and uh, he he's got a viable role as as just you know an undercard guy, and um he's not even just strictly pin eater anymore. I mean, this is a guy who scores some wins now. I mean, again, go look at the books and look at the progression of his record and stuff. So, I just wanted to to to, to point that out that it's good to see Chase Owens get on the Wrestle Kingdom uh, show.
1: All right, so next up we have IWGP Tag Team Title Match here, Girls of Destiny. Uh, versus Finjuice, the winners of the World Tag League there, Juice Robinson and David Finley, uh, of course. So uh, the interesting story about this is that Juice Robinson has a match the next night for the IWGP United States Championship, which to me kind of lets you know that, I mean, I maybe, but I really doubt that Juice Robinson's walking out of here as double champion, uh, Russell Kingdom. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe he does, but that sort of lets me know that Girls of Destiny are probably winning this match again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. You know, if he wins here then, I mean, is it completely out of the question that he comes out of it with two titles? No. No, no. But it's not something they typically would do. Um, We've seen people hold the tag team titles and the Never Trios titles. We've seen that. Um, It's not completely unheard of to have two belts at once. But, you know, I don't think we've seen anyone hold... When's the last time we've seen someone hold the tag team titles and a major singles title? You know, off the top of my head, I can't I can't think of that scenario in this era. Um so yeah, I don't know. It's it's um we're we're going to talk about it next, I guess, but I don't like this miniature tournament they're doing for the Never title. I think it just doesn't make sense booking-wise. I don't understand why Juice Robinson only has to win one match and the other two guys have to win two. And it bothers me. Um, you know, if it were WWE, I wouldn't care because nothing there. It just you don't expect things to make sense, you know. But you kind of have an expectation in New Japan that things will at least make some kind of sense. And I don't, I don't get why Juice Robinson has that huge advantage over the other two guys. Not only does he only have to win one match, he doesn't have to have a Texas Death match. These two guys have to go through this grueling match. Right where they have to, where they have to basically kill the other guy, and then they have to win another match the next night to come away with it. With the t- it's just all very weird to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's it lacks a lot of logic in in, in that sense. But I uh, also mentioned too, and this is why I'm kind of like perplexed. And I I guess in some way I'm kind of it's good that I have no real, you know, thought about this or no real kind of good. Guess on, on who's going to win the tag titles Because if you go back and look at the history as well And you can probably tell from the top of your head as well like Those tag titles change all the time in Wrestle Kingdom 2014 they changed, 2012 they changed 2015 they changed, 2016 they changed 2017 they changed, 2018 they changed And 2019 they changed at Wrestle Kingdom So these titles have for every year since what 2014 did I just say, have changed hands At Wrestle Kingdom Does that break, does that end this year? I don't know, and it seems like if 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 I if if Juice did not have that match on night two, I would say hundred percent Finn Juice is winning those titles. It's a great way to kind of cap off the story, the return of David Finley, Juba's Robinson. You know his his year, his up and down year. He kind of caps it off with a big win. They win the tag titles, a brand new team at top. The girls of destiny, their long reign is over. They keep the tradition of you know tag titles switching at Wrestle Kingdom. There's a lot that works there, but then you look at that US thing and you're like, ah, I don't know. though. <laughs> like, what do they do here? So um, I'm 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 shy. I I, I don't know. I, I'm really this is kind of a toss up for me. I'm not sure who wins this match and, and I could buy into both scenarios, but yeah, given that they've changed these titles in you know, every year since 2014, I'd be hard pressed to, to, to guess that no, they're not going to change, but it's just the Robinson winning both titles. just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. You know who I hope doesn't read the book. Tonga Tonga <laughs> tonga, pluma, tonga 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 I know <laughs> did, did you read My Grills I That's did
1: yeah. yeah yeah they've had the the, the longest um, the most insignificant going, title reign yeah. you've ever seen yeah it's, it's
0: okay, don't, don't even say let the listen le- used as a teaser yeah okay so <laughs> I hope they don't read it but I hope everyone listening buys the book and does read it yeah. and, and to see why I hope that they do not read it but um
1: they know but yeah <laughs> you know what I I mean? they know they suck <laughs> they, they, they have no I think. I don't
0: know. Did you – okay. We're not going to – we're not going to reveal it because it's just a rumor. But did you see the rumor that came through our DMs from a pretty reliable source of who might be popping up on this show? Did you see that, I don't think I did. I
1: don't think I did. Hold on a minute. Let's do some scrolling. Yeah. How how recent? (laughs) recent? This isn't very fun for the listeners, but how recent is this? I don't know if I've uh... –
0: no, well, it's a, it was a long conversation I had with an industry per, – person inside the industry who oh, – uh,
1: Say no more. <laughs> I I yeah, remember. it was
0: near Japan adjacent. Um, and, 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 and he did identify it as strictly a rumor. But my god, if it ever happened, um, man, I want to be on Twitter for that one. Uh, let me see if I can uh, find it for you. See – this is good for the listener because we might slip, but I'm definitely not saying this on the air because I don't want to. <laughs> this would be everywhere if I said it on the air, and um, I don't want it to be everywhere. Where, where are you it,
1: sending it so I can? Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember I'll, this one now. So
0: I, I'll just text you then. Okay. I'll, I'm let's just gonna text that, yeah. you. I'm gonna text Rich on the air, yeah, and you guys will hear his his reaction to. Yeah, I don't know who if I remember I this one.
1: I I, I, I remember the. Guy, but I'm looking at the conversation. I don't see it. So
0: you got your phone on you. I do.
1: Yeah, right here. Okay. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> this is why. This is why you listen to the Wrestle Kingdom preview, boys.
0: My phone won't even let me type the name. It keeps autocorrecting <laughs> it to something else, and you'll see why in a second. Here, here. Tell me to right. get that text. Tell me to get that. Oh right. <laughs> yeah.
1: What would the reaction to that? Oh be? Oh my god! The reaction would be my board. phone is turned off for yeah. two days, a week. Yeah. you remember
0: that being sent to us? Or I no? do now.
1: Yeah, I do I'm now. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That would be something else, huh? Uh, that's one way to describe it, I guess.
0: It would, it would, it would make oh. sense. It would make, It would make. I gotta be honest, make a little bit of sense for... I don't know, we should say no more, right? Yeah, we I probably should, yeah. I don't want people piecing it together. So let's move on, Rich.
1: What's the next, uh... Let's, uh... Oh, Lance Archer John Moxley, how you doing? There we go. Um, Texas deathmatch, IWGP United States Championship.
0: Yeah. So, um, how do you think a walk in a walk in brawl plunder is gonna play out in the dome?
1: Yeah, that's that's my concern. And that's why, like, you know, many, many weeks ago I I I DM'd Lance Archer and I said, like, What kind of Texas death match? Because like every territory has a different style of it. Some are just kind of like, as you said, walk and brawl, like just kind of no holds barred. Some are, you know, the last man standing match or whatever. And I think at the time he didn't know because he was just like, hey, wait and see. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that means you don't know. Um, But yeah, it. uh, it, so it is going to be it has to be won by a 10 count uh, knockout or submission as well. So similar to kind of the last man standing match. Uh, we know the reason for this is Moxley's going to want to walk and brawl, and Archer's good at that style, too. But like you said, it's going to be like how many people are going to be able to see it, like how is it going to look, like the camera's going to pan back, and it's going to maybe be a little silly. Like, I don't I don't love it. I, I, I don't love the idea of a Texas Deathmatch in the, in the Dome. It just, to me, I, I don't know. It just, I, I just don't love the idea of kind of walk and brawl in, in the crowd at, at, at the Dome. It just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, une- I'm uneasy about it, and I hate the last man standing stipulation as well, so
0: if it's a situation where most of the building can't see what's going on, it's going to lack some heat. Because, Rich, as you know, we've both been to indie shows in small buildings where guys go brawling into the crowd and you know, 90% of the crowd can't see what's going on and the match just lacks heat because of it. Right. This will be extrapolated in a dome with 40,000 people where 39,980 of them can't see what's going on and they aren't making any noise. You know, even with the big screens and whatnot, it's just but maybe they keep it to ringside. I see. We don't, there's no precedent here. We don't know how this is going to be worked. And the one plus side of it though, is you've got Lance Archer in what is probably the biggest match of his career, right? Either that or the G one match against Willow spray in Dallas, one or the other. Right. Um, and then you've got John Moxley and, I think both of them are prideful and want to go out there and steal the show. So that is what you have working for you. I mean, so I think they're going to work hard and, I, you know, and for that reason, I think it has a chance to be really good. It's just a match that can really fall flat if it's not the right kind of match for, the right, for that building or if everything works out and, and, and they go out there and really kill each other it could be one of the better matches on the show you know it, it i think this one has a very wide variance more than any other match on on night 1
1: yeah. And, and the thing that's cool too is, is you know, I, I do think that, and I mentioned a little bit, like, I don't love the stipulation. I don't love the idea of a walk and brawl, but it's like these two guys, it's their best style of matches. John Moxley excels in these types of matches. Lance Archer, as we said, is going to excel not only in this type of match, but also in this atmosphere as well. Like you said, this is a big deal for him. I, I'm sure that Dallas won in his own backyard was a big deal, but for a guy that's been in Japan for so many years and whose career really got resurrected or, or, or got saved, basically is probably the best way to say it by Japan, you know, going to that dome, being a big part of that dome, that's going to have to be a huge moment for him as well. Well, and we know Moxley loves it too. He's bringing the wife along. You know, he's he's excited about it. This is something he's wanted for a long time too. He's a wrestling nerd. He watches this stuff. He knows how big of a deal this is. So the idea that like it's these like all the things are working against it in terms of like ah, the style of the match might not work in the dome. The type of the match is not a match that I really love. But it's these two dudes, and I know that they're going to give it a hundred percent. So it's like I know that those guys are going to work. It's just a matter of is the crowd going to be into it, and 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 how will the match sort of work, or will they kind of lose them a little bit? In in you know the kind of the last man standing stipulation, which which can get a little long in the tooth sometimes. As I said, it's a lot of time. It's just like guys counting to seven, and it's like that's not a lot of fun. It it really isn't. But I think these two guys are the best men to do it and to make it fun. So so I'm looking forward to it, even though I do have some 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 you know some pessimistic thoughts about it. You know, ultimately. I
0: think the floor is like two and a half, and I think the ceiling is five.
1: Oh for sure, it could absolutely yeah, it could actually be like a man. They just fucking missed the mark on that one, or that fucking ruled. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. No, there, there's there's a lot of matches here. Like we're going to talk about uh, you know, Will Osprey versus Horomu. The floor is like for it, You know what I mean? Like those guys are yeah. not going to have a bad match. The match is going to be no. incredible. This match, though. Yeah, this Archer Moxley, it could be a du- it, could, it could absolutely just like not work and just kind of be lame. And the crowd doesn't really care. And you're just like, all right, let's get this over with. Let's move on. Or it could fucking rock like you're saying. So th- this probably the widest variance of any single match in this entire, you know, two nights, I, w- I would say for Archer and Moxley.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree, and that's a good transition to Willow Spray and Hiromu. Which <laughs> Jesus Christ! When talking about ceilings and floors, I mean,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: the floor on this one is four stars.
1: I yeah, mean, having seen what Hiromu's done in his comeback, you know, his first few matches back, and knowing how important this is for Will, I mean, yeah, the floor is fucking four and a half, easy.
0: How important it is for both? I mean, they, these are two guys that definitely want to go out there and have the best match. They don't want to get shown up by anything that comes after them. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, Okada and Ibushi or Naito and Jay White. And you know, they're two of well, Willow Spray was the best wrestler in the world in two thousand nineteen. I mean um, you know, and Hiromu was arguably the best wrestler in the world before he broke his neck eighteen or nineteen months ago, whatever it was. So and they're and if you saw them at the you know, the press conference last month, you know, they're they're insulted that they're third from the top and 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 their goal is to go out there and 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 have the best match possible. I mean, they said that in not you know in not so many words, and that's scary when you're dealing with these two guys. you know if Hiromu is even ninety percent of what he was, and these guys go out there with the goal being to have the best match on wrestle Kingdom, then it's going to be a match to your caliber belt. This is the kind of match where if it's like a really awesome four star match you're disappointed mm-hmm this has to be a match of the year contender or you're disappointed because that's how good this should be with these two guys and with these stakes and in the building that's in and everything else. So um, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to this match more than anything on these
1: two shows. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and, and more encouraged by seeing Hiromu come back and seeing how he's worked already and seeing how the intensity of those two guys, we talk about all the time with American indies and all sorts of, I'm not going to get into that rant right now, that bell rang and these two guys were ripping at each other. I fucking loved it. Hiromu just out of the gates, just fucking cannonballing at him. Osprey just going for everything he could right off the bat. It's just like, these guys want to tear each other apart and prove that they're the best in the world. And I was like, fuck, I want this match so badly. And, 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 I, I don't know about you, but I'm more encouraged seeing Hiromu back and and, and seeing how quickly he, he you know he's kind of acclimated to the ring again. There might be a little bit of rust here and there, but it looks like he's ready and he's not gonna you know stop being Hiromu. It, it, you know that was the concern is is oh he's gonna come back and he's gonna be a little less or whatever. No, <laughs> that guy's he'll probably break his neck again at some point in his career. But uh, yeah, he's not going out like he's not changing his style at all. He's gonna be what he is and 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 given Will's track record the last year year and a half two years three years whatever you want to say but especially given his track record in this last year you know capping off 2019 quote-unquote with this match in this dome third from the top against Hiromu I mean yeah there's it's one of these things where like you're right it's good if it's four stars it's gonna be disappointing but I am almost my brain can't comprehend these guys going out there and just having a a fine match you you know what I mean my brain is 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 so exceeded x and that's one of these things I might disappoint myself because I'm so excited about it but like it's still it's these two guys and the track record is just unbelievable for these guys especially will in this year so like i am i'm pretty locked in that this thing's going to be great like there there's there's almost no chance that it's not going to be good so
0: yeah and i thought like you like you had mentioned the build during the christmas corkins was great you know it really got me even more hyped up for the matches did you happen to see the hype video that lance archer did for his match against Mox? yeah that
1: was great
0: that was awesome too and that was a match that badly needed uh, a little bit of uh fire lit under it. No pun intended since there was a literal fire in the video, but, um, but yeah, he did a great job of that. It's hard because Moxley isn't around, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, but that's on the new Japan, um, YouTube. If people want to check that out. So, um, yeah, but the Dio spray Hiromu build has been, um, really great from the press conference right through those matches at Kork and And, uh, and I can't wait for that. And and they planted that seed. Look, Robbie Eagles pinning Hiromu on those shows. I mean, that may have – look, I felt like Hiromu was going to win this anyway, but that kind of just gives it away because it's like Hiromu will win and then he'll be all set up for a Robbie Eagles title defense and new beginning or right, something. Right, right, right. Uh, um, which is fine because at that point, it's like does Willow Spray – is this his Kenny Omega lost to Kushida?
1: Yes, there? I think and, so. It has to be. He's In 2020, he has to be a heavyweight. He's got to be in that mix.
0: Yeah. So and then Robbie Eagles takes over as the chaos, the number one chaos junior uh, based on the fact. Look, pinning Hiromu is a big deal, even if it's in his return. I mean, that's a big fucking deal. So uh, they're firmly behind Eagles, who had a great year. I mean, he just had a fantastic year. And um, it's a shame he's not featured more prominently on these shows. Um, is he on the middle? I can't I remember. I think he's
1: not, which is kind of shocking. I think well no, he'll be on the he'll be on the gauntlet uh, the, yeah. the night 2, but yeah, that's I mean that's only kind of being featured. So
0: So that seems to be what will happen here, right? Hiroma wins, does I think the so. like match the next day and then defends against Robbie Eagles sometime in late January or February or whatever the hell it is. So
1: yeah, I would think I so. I mean, there's nothing more to do with Osprey in in, in that division as well, and it's time for Haromu yeah. to kind of take his place again as the top junior, and and, and Will was... Pro- I mean, probably if Haromu doesn't get hurt, Will may have been up a little bit sooner than he was. Like, maybe he's just kind of filling that role for right now, but yeah, there, there's there's almost no reason for him to be there anymore, and they got guys ready, and that's the cool thing about New Japan is is anytime a guy gets elevated, there's always a guy, as you said, Robbie Eagles is right there ready to take a spot. Almost, almost literally as, like, the next Chaos junior, as you said. It, it's perfect how they did that.
0: This is why... That motherfucker is a first ballot Hall of Fame booker. I mean this is what we've been screaming about for eight years, Rich. This is the stuff that matters. Having the next people on the bench ready to step into the roles that are vacated, either through elevating someone or someone leaving the company. This – they are always ready. And people focus on the dumbest shit when it comes to Gato. And some of that stuff annoys me too. Don't get me wrong. Okay, we've screamed about the tag team divisions for years. Even though, to me, the junior tag division gets unfairly slagged on. I think that's booked well, but the heavyweight tag division—it's garbage. And yeah, I wish it was better. And some of the other things, but this—this this is the stuff that matters. Having new stars ready to step in—that's his job. That's—that's that's what his focus. That's what he. You, that's what you want to be good at. You can get away with being bad at that other dumb shit that everybody whines about. But having people ready to step into roles and and. Having them ready is the key, not just forcing people into the role because you have no other choice, which is what every other – you know, so many other bookers get stuck doing and which is why so many other companies have a struggle to get momentum going and to build stars because they just – they force guys into spots once they're backed into a corner. This dude always has the next guys ready, whether it's at the top of the card or – or, or, or down a little bit lower. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's incredible.
1: Right, and and, 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 and it's been... insignificant matches matter. Like 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 you said, a lot of people probably watch Robbie Eagles pin Hiromu and just went, oh, okay, whatever, Robbie Eagles pin Hiromu. But it's like, no, this is a year, two-year-long build of Robbie Eagles, you know, not only joining the company, joining Bullet Club, El Phantasmo comes in, takes his spot as the Bullet Club Jr. Robbie Eagles falls back a little bit, then he goes over to Chaos. He moves under the tutelage of Will Ospreay. And then over that year, he... Does well, you know he's got good tag matches. He's he's winning a bunch of matches, and then he gets that final pin, the final night against Hiromu, and it's like, yeah, it, it might seem insignificant, but then when you look at it in totality, it's like, holy fuck, that's a two year kind of slow ascension for Robbie Eagles, and now Will Ospreay can lose this match, move on to becoming a heavyweight, and chaos is ready to go with Hiromu, the guy he who beat him for the title, can now defend that title against his stablemate, who is now ready to move up the ladder because of two, yeah. three, four years of build or whatever. That's
0: fucking Another right. That's great. Another- yeah, another ad for the book. I wrote a long ass essay on this entire story, this two year Robbie Eagle build. Go read it. And um, and 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 Rich just gave it a Cliff Notes version, you know. And you know they picked this guy, and and they had a whole story laid out for this guy for over the entire for the last year, year and a half really, when he came in with Bullet Club. You know, and and it all played out, and now you know it was they, they peaked it all here. Will's going to move on. Robbie steps up. It's just, you know, that's why Guido's the best. Yep. That's why he's the best. All
1: right. Now, uh, two big matches here that round out night one of, uh, the first night of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, 14, uh, Jay White versus Naito for the IC title. Joe, who you got?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go chalk. I really think it's going to be Naito Okada on night two. You know, I'd like to do something exotic, um, but that's really what I think they're going to do. I think it's what they should do and I think Naito winning that match is the right play as well. So, I'm just going to go chalk with it. I will say this. That those are my picks. Naito, Okada and then Naito. And I really don't have a pick for the consolation match cuz I don't I just I'm not putting any thought into that. But um as far as though what I want to happen, it's like I would be okay with any of these four coming out of this thing with both titles. I think there's – and that's why I think this is so intriguing because there's a good story there for all four of them. Naito's is obvious, right? That's the one everyone's talking about. Coming, the redemption, beating Okada in the Tokyo Dome, and and it was his idea for double titles to begin with. Plus, beating Okada finishes up that little story when Okada beat him two years ago. We all know Naito's story, right? But look at Kota Ibushi. The guy wins G1. He's a contracted wrestler with the company now, and it would be his first IWGP title. That would be a great moment if he won on night two. Okada, the most dominant champion of this era, a first ballot Hall of Famer in his own right, a living legend. Okay, So it would make a lot of sense for that guy to win both of these matches and continue to assert his dominance. And Rich, like, like you, I love dominant champions. I think dominant champions are a great story. I'm not one of these people that want to change titles every six months. I don't get tired of people. I like dominance, and this guy's been dominant. So it would be a good story to have him continue to be dominant. And then you have Jay White. His story is like the troll story. He would come in and ruin it for everyone. Yeah,
1: just, like I said, the, the final image is him just cackling in the corner. Him and Gato just pointing yeah. at the camera, cackling like, ha, 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 we told you, you fucking assholes. And it's like, god damn it. <laughs> you won again, that asshole. And I, and I would get a real kick
0: out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, out of 40,000 people booing him out of the building as he gives another one of his fucking pompous-ass promos as he holds both of those titles. So I think that would be interesting too. I'm okay with any result. Any combination and any result, I am okay with it. And there's so many possibilities for the final match. Naito Okada would be a great match. Um, Okada, Jay White, there's a lot of history there with those two. And Jay White beat Okada in the Dome last year. Naito and Koto Ibushi have been feuding for a year. That would be an interesting fun. So there's a lot. Of, listen, I, I I really don't think they can go wrong here with anything that they do. I really don't. But I do think they're going to go chalk, and give us the chalk story of Okada Naito, and then Naito standing tall at the end.
1: Yeah, I want to. I want to pick something exotic as well. But yeah, that's kind of the one that I'm going for as well. It, it, it's kind of interesting to see some of the betting odds and, and the way they're going a little bit, and and that could just be people sort of hedging bets and and, and thinking of different things they could do or whatnot. But yeah, I'd like it, it's hard to not pick that the, the, the Naito pick. Like as you said, I wouldn't be shocked if something different happens. I wouldn't be shocked if if, if Okada leaves or whatever, or if if Kotobushi leaves or whatever, because because. You know, I, I, I would I again I would really not be stunned if if, if Okada loses Night one to Abushi, I kind of think that that story works as well. You're talking about stories that work and kind of culminating in stories and things that you can tell or whatever. A great story as well would be Kodobushi winning that title over Okada and then Naito defeating Abushi. Night two, you know, defeating the guy that he's, you know, him and you know him and Abushi have had that feud for the last year or so, traded wins back and forth or whatever. Naito definitively beats him and now he still needs that one moment. He still needs that match against Okada, so that can kind of wait and go down the line and they can wait for Dominion or they could wait for you know show down the the, the line that year to to do it as well. Like I don't think that that's a completely implausible situation as well like I, I really do think that that's a possibility do I th- you know it, would I bet that line I wouldn't the way I would bet would be Naito and Okada but I could I could I could see justifications and like you said you could see stories it's not like any of those other scenarios are completely unfathomable and that that is again you know as we're kind of throwing roses at Gato there that's another real tribute to Gato in, in, in the sense that like any one of these four guys can walk out with both championships and I feel like most people if you're really thinking about it and not really, you know, dying in the wool, big fan of Okada or dying in the wool, huge fan of Knights of or whatever, you could leave that night and say, okay, no. That's a decent story. That's a good idea that they did that. You, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're just one of those ardent fans that loves those people or hates Jay White or whatever, you can yep. make a justification for every single one of those guys and be like, you know what? Yeah, that's a pretty good story. That's kind of cool that they did that. Like, and, and that's cool. Like, usually with with four people, there's like one guy. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no chance in hell. And for some people, that's Jay White. But I don't, yeah, there's a non-zero chance of Jay White, too. I mean, like, you really have to uh, think about that. Like, he is definitely the the least likely to do it. But I don't think it's a zero. I, I don't think it's a zero. And then, yeah, any other the other three guys, especially Naito Okada and Ibushi, like you could you can make good stories out of them winning both titles pretty easily. So and you can make good stories out of any different combination of those matches, too. Hell, you can make a good story out of Jay White, you know, retaining the IHC title and Okada retaining the IWGP title and beating him in the Tokyo Dome. You know, once. like you could make that story like I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't know if I like that story all that much, but it's not an unrealistic story either. And they've done a great job of keeping these four really interwoven throughout the year and really in. And, and you know, making these matches feel unique, but at the same time, the next matches that can happen all feel unique and different as well. But also, possibly have some 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 you know trace to history and and, and trace to the, the you know last year. Okada Naito, obviously, there's a ton of history there. Abushi, uh, Naito, a ton of history there. The only real one that's kind of out of nowhere would be like Jay White and Kota Abushi, and that's the only one that like I, I really don't think anybody's predicting predicting that combo. Uh, You know, main event night two of Wrestle Kingdom, but I, I mean, that's maybe that's the one scenario where I'm like, "Ah, I don't know, I don't know about that, guys. That might not work. So,
0: yeah. Um, as far as match quality, do you think we're gonna get four great matches here? Do you think? I think Jay White's the one that people worry about in terms of, uh, you know, match quality. But, um, you know, when I look at the matchups. I mean I think Naito J White is going to be a great match. It's hard to project. I mean, he's had great matches with Okada. So and he had the great G1 final against uh Abushi. So and the other three guys you don't really worry about. So do you think we get four great matches?
1: <sighs> I don't know if we get four. Like I I have no doubt Okada and Abushi is going to be great. I mean that, that's going to be fantastic. Uh White and Naito is I, I don't know. Those guys can be kind of it's nothing that's really Naito. It's nothing that's white. Like, I, I like both those guys. But for whatever reason, in my mind, I, I, are you kind of the same way as well? In my mind of any possible scenario, that's the match. It just, just kind of feels like it might not reach those super highs of those other matches. Are you the same way as well? I think... Because that's the only one that doesn't the, really... Yeah, I don't know. That one doesn't click with me as much.
0: Of all the combinations, of all the possible combinations... I would agree that Naito White is the one I'm least confident in of being great, so I think I agree with you.
1: Yeah, and I like both wrestlers, and I think both guys would have. I mean, they're, they're both going to have. I mean, if it's Naito and Okada and the night two, it's going to be a tremendous match. If it's a JY Naito
0: Okada is going to be. If, if we get that, it's going to be an all-time match because you're it's 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 for both belts. They'll do callbacks from two years ago. Um, he's going to hit the destino at one point, and I think Okada will kick out. And I think that's just going to blow the roof off the building. And I think Naito will probably kick out of a Rainmaker at some point, which again is going to get the same reaction. Because they really protect finishers to an insane degree in this company, but in matches like this is where you'll see the kickouts. And that's why it'll then have so much impact, because you don't see it under normal circumstances. So I think if those two guys, with all the history there and what happened two years ago, and it'll be easy for them to have a great match, but they'll kill themselves anyway. For you know sure. what I mean?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And they'll load it up with all kinds of um, near falls and kickout spots and whatnot. And it'll be super exciting, and that'll be the right kind of match to have. It's not always the right kind of match for every circumstance to have a match loaded with kickouts. That will be one where you're going to want that if you get that matchup. Um, but yeah, I forgot what I was talking about, but yeah, I think J white and Naito would be the one if I had to have like a confidence ranking, that would be the one I'm least confident in to be great. Mm-hmm. Plus it's on night one. You no. Know, and you would think, um, you know, if it were the final, I'd be a little more, I think whatever the final, whatever the final is for both belts will be a great match. Um, But yeah, every other combination should be awesome. I mean, Naito and Ibushi, if they wrestle each other again, they have a great match every single time. And Okada against any of those guys. So yeah, um, I do think all four matches will be great, though. I do.
1: Um, All right, let's get to uh, night two, and we'll we'll, kind of recap it again uh, with with, the final of night two as as we've kind of gone through the scenarios there. But uh, we'll start with the pre-show on night two, January 5th, of course. Uh, for this one, godly match for the never open white six man tag team title. So uh, Joe, rest in peace. The New Japan Rumble. I hope it comes back at some point. I love the New Japan Rumble. I'm very upset uh, that it's gone. Are you going to miss it or do you not really care that much that it's 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 went I, by the wayside?
0: I liked it as a dumb little fun match. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully we get it back.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the gauntlets. I, I, I hate these gauntlet matches too, which is the worst issue, is that it's been replaced by just like this utter trash of a match. But luckily, it's on the pre show, so I can, I can realistically, if I wanted to, just kind of skip it and not feel like I'm really missing anything out. But anyway, uh, gauntlet match for the Never Open Six Man. The team, it's, a, it's, oh, it's, a championship, it's a championship match. No, oh, they don't care about these titles. They don't, they don't even, they forgot these titles were even around. Do you uh,
0: know who the longest reigning champions in New Japan are?
1: The fucking Never Open Six Man. Guys, yeah,
0: that's right. Most violent players in Taguchi put some <laughs> respect on their name.
1: Okay, you know, here's the best part about the respect part is uh, and, and and uh, Chris Charlton pointed this out on one of the nights, I think it was the final night, maybe the 21st. Uh, the Corkin show is uh, Makabe came out and and Kevin Kelly was talking about, oh, this has an ever open six man tag team champions. <laughs> and Chris Charlton goes, I think Makabe forgot his belt. <laughs> it's like he didn't even bring the belt out. Like, oh, like Taguchi had it, and was like, hey, how's it going? And to, to Makabe's like, ah, I forgot it. Like, that's am like, cool. oh my god, what? just get rid of these damn things Like, yeah, Makabe's just like, ah, I, don't, I don't know what happened to him like, Does he have them? Or are they in his possession? I don't even know Taguchi seems to enjoy that he has them Yano seems to, I guess, enjoy that he has them Yeah, Makabe came out and was just like, ah, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> I forgot it, so that's fine Ah, uh, it's a bad job, but I mean <laughs> Would you care about these either? I would you, know,
0: you know I, you don't, know, I don't mind these titles I know everybody rags on them I
1: Oh, don't they stink, you're, you're, get out of here
0: Yeah, they do, but why does every title have to be awesome? I mean, you know, it's like. <laughs> I
1: guess that's right, but why does why does this title have to suck, though?
0: It's the eighth most important title it in is. the company. It is. Well, then
1: get rid of it. I don't want it. I don't even want it. Um, Go away.
0: Probably less than that if you count the Rev Pro title and the Rev Pro Junior title, which are, you know, belong to New Japan wrestlers right now. You could argue it's the 11th most important title in the company if you want to count Zach. Well, Zach's title is higher
1: on the card. I was going to say, it's definitely higher on the card. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to count
0: Phantasmo with his British uh, junior title, I mean, I would think that's a more important title than this too, even in New Japan's canon. So it's the 11th most important title. And it's like, I'm okay with I'm okay with them defending it once every two months against some wacky combination of teams. And um, I don't know. I don't need it to be super important. I don't know. It's just a dumb little thing for the undercard. But, um. And you have every unit represented here. Yeah, so. that's cool. Okay. <laughs> it's and, and I it's fun. And you know, there's no Suzuki, which is notable. Maybe they do do something on night one because mm-hmm. it's Taiichi leading a couple guys here. And, um, Yoshinobu Kanemura working his way. He's not on night one, but they got him on night two here in this gauntlet.
1: I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that is, to me, the most interesting thing about this match is that Suzuki is not in this team. And and, and I guess it makes sense. I'm going to give him the night off or whatever. But but the idea that Taiichi is leading this unit, that Taiichi is the top guy. And and yeah. there's been some rumblings about it. I think Suzuki at yeah. one point said Taiichi Goon or whatever. So there's some stuff going on there. And that that's the one thing that I look at and gives me hope for that night one. I didn't want to talk about it when we were talking about the night one thing, but this is the thing that triggers me the most. Is like okay. Well, Taiichi is leading this team in the Gauntlet. It could just be that Minoru is like, I don't fucking, I don't want to wrestle that thing. I don't care. I have Taiichi lead the team, or it could be that yeah, something happens, a passing of the torch moment. They turn on Something happens there, but I think it's 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 interesting and notable that Taiichi is leading that team and not Suzuki.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we had heard that Suzuki wanted an exit plan from the company, but wanted to do the Liger feud first, and. Now, there have been more rumblings. And like you said, ever since we talked about that, they've done subtle things in the promos. You know, like you said, Suzuki referencing Taiichi Goon and um, Taiichi maybe getting too big for his britches in Suzuki's eyes and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's not like they haven't dropped tiny hints about it either since we first heard that he might want to part ways. And he's not in this match. And you might say, okay, well, why would he be in this match? He's a big. Well, Tomohiro Ishii's in this match. And Shingo is in this match, and right. Evil in this match. Right?
1: There's there's some heavier hitters than Minor Suzuki who are who are doing the double duty here, and Suzuki is not. So
0: yeah, these are all guys who are working night one. Who you know if you know it's like so, and there's plenty of um like chaos guys they could have thrown in there instead of Ishii. They could put Rocky Romero or something in this match, right? I mean, it's not like you had to have Ishii in this thing. So um, I don't know. It's 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 just something worth keeping your eye on absolutely and i don't know if i'm working myself into a shoot because i want there to be a big angle in those dumb eight man tags but and i will be disappointed if that match just comes and goes and there's just nothing in that direction and then new year dash comes and goes and there's nothing in that direction but it it just it's it's weird that. Or maybe they just wanted to find a way to get Kanamoru onto the shows because he's not on Night One. Right? It could be. It as could simple be something. As
1: sim- yeah, it could be something that, as simple and as stupid as that. <laughs> We're caring too much about it, but yeah.
0: I don't know. Because Robbie Eagles is another guy who is only working this show. Um, is he the only other one? Is Yoshihashi on the first show?
1: Uh, Yoshihashi is mm, yes, he is. He's in. He's in the the Chaos Bullet Club. Uh, eight man. So I think it's just I
0: think it's just Eagles and Kanamuru then, right? Because
1: yeah, Chase is, is working both. Um yeah, oh, yeah, right? I think that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it could just be that this was the only possible spot for Kanamuru and Eagles, and they wanted to reward these guys for you know working hard all year and being part of the mix. And 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 that might be the only reason Suzuki's not in it for all I know. You know, I you know, but it's definitely again It's an undercard match for a title that I seem to be the only person that cares about. So if you're looking for some reason to care about this match, one thing to keep an eye on is Suzuki's not there. And if they do turn on Suzuki on night one, they're probably going to win this match, those three guys. Because Mm -hmm. why would you do a big turn and give Taichi a big push and then have him lose the next night in a pre-show? I mean, you have to have them come out of the match with the titles at that point. You know, you almost have to do it. And Kanamoru and Despy are a regular tag team anyway. So even the way they've stacked the team makes a lot of sense. I'm talking myself into this entire scenario as we do this. It just it just all lines up. You know? They jump Suzuki the night before, they come away with the open weight titles the next night, and then maybe they defend them at Dash the next day too. And Taichi cuts a promo or whatever. It just makes... It does. It, lines it really up. does. It all lines up.
1: Because the rest of the teams are just kind of like there. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the teams here. Is you know The most fine players, Makabe and Yano and, and Taguchi, they're the... the you know, champions coming in. Uh, you got Ishii Yoshihashi and Robbie Eagles. It's kind of just, you know, whatever. Right? It's a I, random
0: collection of fucking chaos. Yeah,
1: exactly. Have- and Eagles has bigger and better things to do and worry about or whatnot. Right. So yeah, it doesn't really work for him. Bullet Club, Bad Luck Folly, Chase Owens, and Yujiro, good God help us. Poor Chase random Owens. Guys.
0: <laughs> just random guys. Yeah. And, and the, L- the LIJ team is just the leftovers who don't have a singles
1: match. Right. And those guys are all like, Shingo needs to be doing bigger and better things. Evil needs to be doing yeah. bigger and better things. And Bushi, uh, Bushi's there. Uh, Bushi's also a wrestler. And then uh, Suzuki, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that team uh, would be the big pick there, Taichi El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanamoro. so uh, it's gauntlet match style, obviously, so yeah, one team comes in, they beat them, the new team comes in, yada 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 like that, so.
0: It did it last year but they did it for the number one contender spot, this is for the actual titles. Right. So.
1: Which is cool, that adds a little bit of a stake to it, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that at least a little bit, so. All right, Jushin Thunder Liger's final match, the retirement match. It is Liger teaming with Sano versus Lee and Hiromu. It is former rivals teaming together to face. You know, it's it's it's. We talked about a few weeks ago. It's just, it's dripping with story here. It's Liger and his old rival teaming up to face the next generation of of juniors in this team and Ryu, Lee, and and Hiromu. And then these guys also are hated enemies and hated rivals or whatever. Ryu just, you know, broke Hiromu's neck 18 months ago or whatever. Sano and Liger used to rip each other apart and, and kill one another. Now they're teaming against Lee. And oh my God, I love it, Joe. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, oh my god, it's great. Two
0: two sets of generational rivals separated by thirty years is the theme here. The Yoshiaki Fujiwara in the corner of Liger and Sano. Um you know, it's it's just uh there's a lot of symbolism here and a lot of history here. And I have no idea if Sano can still go. It doesn't really matter. I mean it I don't think anyone cares if they go out there and and don't have a great match. If they have a great match, that's just a bonus. this um, is Thunder Liger's final match. You know, I don't think anyone's going to be nitpicking spots and, you know, rushing to throw stars on this one anyway. does not matter. It's just the symbolism and the history is what matters here. So, um, I, you know, when it was first announced, I was a little, but as more time has passed... I'm very much into the idea of this.
1: Have you uh, have you seen Sano wrestle recently? I know he he pops up every so often in just random tag matches in All Japan. I think he does you know their big time shows or whatnot. I know he shows up on those Produce shows or whatnot. I can't recall seeing him anytime. Uh, in the last few years. So I don't know what his state of, of <laughs> affairs are, what his, his body looks like right now. It looks like he still he works every so often. He's wrestled twice this year, a few times in 2018. so not too active, but but do you recall seeing him anytime over the most recent years?
0: I don't watch the grimy ass shit that he would be booked on. It's just I, I'm not into it. I You're don't watching like the watch
1: the Matsukatsu Funaki produce shows.
0: <laughs> no, and I'm not like I'm not one of these people who who pops for, like, watching these fucking old guys. I don't like watching 55-year-old men who used to be great, terrible matches that people pretend are good. That's never been my thing. Um, so I'm not seeking out the kind of shows that he would be on. So, no, I haven't seen him recently. And to be honest, I was never a fan of his. The Liger matches are legendary matches, okay? The rest of his career... I was never a fan of Sano, especially like late career Sano and Noah like in the miss for me. Now he was never doing anything important. He'd always be in an early match tag with like Masao Inoue or something and right, it's like right. that whole group, that whole group of Noah old guys in that era, Inoue and Sano and um and uh um, um Saito and and all like I just ugh like the Noah undercards were so bad you just wanted to get to the business end um so i i, I so i was never a big fan of Sano so um and he's got to be 60 at this point right
1: i mean yeah i think uh, i just saw it i thought it was 59 or 54 he's only 54 so
0: oh wow holy shit well i guess it makes sense if liger's 55 mm-hmm. but the thing about Sano is i would have thought he was 50 yeah, he's ago. a he's
1: a rough 54. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. You know, it's like Yeah, he's falling on some uh I don't want to say hard size, but yeah, a man a man is definitely aged. And yeah, you you look at pictures of him in the 90s and he looks like he's like 36 years old already. And he was like 22, you know, 23, 24. Yeah, so he's only, you know, he's not too Yeah, he's he's it's pretty rough. I don't
0: know. I'm not, uh, it's like um it's like, it's like it's like it's like Otani. I don't even think he's 50 yet. If you can believe it, he's like forty nine. He might be fifty now, but he was like forty eight or forty nine the last time I looked
1: up. He's forty seven. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that
0: <laughs> crazy? Like, <laughs> first of all, he's
1: if, looked that same way since nineteen ninety four.
0: Well, that's the thing. He hasn't. Like, he used to when he was young. But like, he looked. He's looked so old for like the last ten years that like. I was stunned that he was only in his forties. The last time I looked up, his oh, age. see, I don't know, man. I, I,
1: I went back and watched some of the the, the old ones in like the mid nineties or the late nineties. I want to say him and him and Liger, yeah. Uh, and he's he's already looking pretty old, even in nineteen ninety seven or whatnot. He's not he hasn't like the hair is definitely what ages him the most. Is is you know, he's, yes. he's holding on to the the last remnants of the hair, but you can see it in those matches too. That like the hair's is getting pulled back. He's just got a he's got an old face. He's just kind of an old yes. soul, Otani. That that you know,
0: Sano too. He's got, like, those chubby cheeks and, like, the jowls. He just always looked like an old guy, you know? I it, It's surprising. I, I would have thought he was 50 15 years ago, like, legitimately in those matches in NOAH, but I don't know. Maybe he can still go at a reasonable level. I have no idea because, uh, as I said, no, I haven't seen... I probably haven't seen a Naoki Sano match since he was in NOAH, so I have no clue, but I'm not complaining. I understand why they're doing it. No, it's way. fine. It's, it's all it's about, fine. you're not
1: going to, like you said, you're not going to be sitting there waiting to give this one like the, the the you know, oh, that was only three stars. I'm really disappointed. And like, it's all about the symbolism and the story and all that sort of stuff. So that's all anybody's going to be really yeah. paying attention to or caring about. So.
0: so so will Liger beat somebody here?
1: No, no way.
0: Will he beat somebody on the first night?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think he'll lose both nights.
0: You think he? you think he's eating the pin? I
1: think so. I nights. think he's eating the pin both times, too. It's him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he would want to. They'd have to force him to, to, to get a victory in these matches.
0: I don't think he's beating either of these guys.
1: He's definitely but, not. You know, night two, there's no chance in hell. Maybe, maybe, maybe night one. Just because there's not really, like, the next guy. Like, like the team he's facing, it's like, you know, you give him the rub to Otani. like You know what I mean? Like
0: that's be, night, night one, he can beat someone. You know, he probably won't be Otani because he's still pushed in his promotion. Um, Toguchi, and then who are the other two? It's um
1: uh Takiyawa, but that yeah, there's no real reason for Takiyawa to win. Like, but I guess he could beat, beat him. him. Yeah, he could beat him. So fourth guy. Uh, it was Sano, Otani, Takiyawa, and uh, Toguchi.
0: Oh, Sano, that's right, Sano. Um, he could beat Tog- yeah, He could beat Takawa, He could beat him. So I think he'll win night one. I think he'll lose night two.
1: I, I think I think he loses both nights. I think Toguchi beats him night one. And then he loses uh, whoever Hiromu or Lee. It doesn't matter. Uh, beats him night two. There's no zero ch- percent chance he's winning night two though, for sure. I don't think he'll win night two. No, he's definitely going out uh, as a loser. And then we have uh, this the next day on the sixth. What do you think? Oh, do sorry. You go think ahead.
0: He gets. Do you think he gets pinned night two, or do they beat Sano?
1: I think he gets pinned.
0: I think he gets pinned too. I yeah. think yeah. He's I think through, that's that's him. the right way to do
1: business. You know he knows. He's not an idiot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if, uh, if Hiromu wins the title the night before, Hiromu's pinning him.
1: Right, exactly, yeah. They,
0: they want to give Hiromu that big career thing. Like, I beat Jushin Thunder Liger in his final match, you know, and Hiromu is their next star. I don't know if you heard um, – I listened to Jim Valley's audio with Dave and, and Fumi Saito earlier today. And uh, he said on the trains, you know, you get these video boards with the Wrestle Kingdom ads and – they show the Wrestle Kingdom logo, they show Kazuchiko Okada, and then they show Hiromu.
1: That's the ad. Wow. What do you think of that? That's huge. I mean, yeah. I, I, I said it years ago, and unfortunately, yeah. it, 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 you know, the injury derailed him. And I, I don't know if it was in the ebook or in a review, but I said, Hiromu to me will be the guy that, that, if all things go right and his injury, obviously he comes back fully from this injury, he'll be the guy that will transcend more than almost any other guy will transcend weight divisions. Like yeah, he could yeah. be the biggest star while still also a junior. Or it will be so overwhelmingly like, no, this guy has to be a heavy- like I don't know what they're going to do with him because like it's hard to envision him bulking up, quote unquote, to get to like what they want as heavyweights. Like Will Ospreay had to put on like a bunch of weight to at least you know sell it. Shingo Takagi can just be a heavyweight tomorrow because he's, he's a big guy anyway. But Hiromu, I don't know if his body can take that. But I don't think that they're going to have any choice. Like he is going to be that guy that transcends that weight class.
0: How much smaller is he than Naito?
1: I guess that's a good question. Yeah, let me see what Hiromu is. He's got that baby fat right now. So I guess if he could ever find a way to kind of tighten that up a little bit, it probably wouldn't really matter that much. But uh, uh, Hiromu is listed at this is what Wikipedia has. I don't know if that's true. I think that's what New Japan has as well. 5'7, 197 or 194 for for Hiromu. Uh, And they have Naito at 5'11, 225. So it's a pretty. You think he's 5'11? I don't think he's five eleven. I think he's. I think he's. Uh, he's healthy. I think he's five nine, five ten, somewhere in that range.
0: Is he? Because they, don't they list Tanahashi at five
1: nine? Let me see what they list Tanahashi at. Because yeah, I don't. He's. I don't know about that. Yeah, he uh, Tanahashi is listed at five eleven. So they have Tanahashi and Naito listed at the same weight or same height, rather. So
0: I don't know that they're five eleven. They could be. I don't know. But when I see Hiromu and Naito wrestle together, I don't... In my mind's eye, I don't picture them as being drastically drastically different sizes. Mm -hmm. I, I never think to myself, wow, Naito is so much bigger than Hiromu. You know? Maybe I need to pay closer attention to that. But I've always said, and we talked about this when Kushida leaving the company and people were annoyed why don't they move him to heavyweight there, you have to have one of three things if you're a junior to, to credibly move up to heavyweight you either need to be very tall and that's where Zack Sabre Jr. comes in right? Because he's the weight of a junior but he's like 6'3". Yeah exactly tall so you, so height can make you credible as in the case of Zack Sabre Jr. Right? you could put on some weight and that's where Will Osprey comes in. Plus, he has the height, too. But you get the idea. Tomohiro Ishii. There you go. That's a guy who's like 5'4". But because he has he's the a weight.
1: shit house, yeah. So
0: Right. Because he, he's shaped like a fucking bowling ball and he has the weight, he's a credible heavyweight. Even though he's only – so he's like the opposite of Zack Sabre Jr. Zach doesn't have the, the weight, but he has the height. Ishii doesn't have the height, but he has the weight. So you could credibly – and both of those guys have worked as juniors. And now they both work as heavyweights. And the third thing that can make you a credible heavyweight is overwhelming star charisma. Okay, that's where that's the element that comes in for Hiromu. People don't care how tall you are, or how heavy you are at that point. If you have overwhelming star charisma, just like Naito, he has overwhelming star charisma. It doesn't you? Don't think of his size, right? Now, if you're Marco Stunt, it's not going to matter. You can only go so far with it. But I don't think Hiromu is Marco's stunt. He's a decent-sized human being. So he has that overwhelming star charisma to where I think you can move him to heavyweight credibly. What do you think of that to take?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know. I never and thought of it argument, that way. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Yeah, what do you got?
0: My argument against Kushida at the time was he didn't have any of those three elements. Right. He was very short. He was very light. And he does not have overwhelming superstar charisma. Which is why my argument was it would have been ridiculous to make him a heavyweight. Because he looks tiny, even next to small heavyweights. And he didn't have the overwhelming star charisma to make up for it. He didn't have any of the three elements. Whereas, I think Hiromu might not have the height. Might not have the weight, but he has the overwhelming star charisma. And honestly, I think he's big enough to where
1: his charisma would outweigh the other two. Right, right, right. Like, he, you can plausibly make him. That, that's why I said, like, I, I think he transcends the weight by, by plausibly looking enough like a heavyweight, but maybe he's not, like, your stereotypical, like quote unquote heavyweight but I think it's because like he's so overwhelmingly charismatic and and, and such a big deal and like you said he, he's marketable and, and and fans obviously love him women love him men love him. I mean it, it's like this is a guy like this is going to be a start and like had that injury not happened, we may have already been at that point right now but uh, in a lot of ways it's it, it, it's you know this next year is going to be super super important in his career and, and, and his his, his future so yeah he's definitely you know he's getting that win and I, I, I did not know that he's on the ads it's Okada and him and I'm not shocked man I'm not shocked I mean this is a guy that, that yeah he 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 will be, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances, he will be one of the biggest stars in, in, in this company, and maybe even pro wrestling uh, in, in in due time, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a small, anecdotal thing. No, that, it's important,
1: you know, though. Yeah. They think about that.
0: You know. Yeah, and, and it is his like, you know, big return singles match and all that, so, um, you know, you know, I, no, I, I get it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think if they wanted to... Well, what do you think of this scenario? You know, Will and Hiromu Talked a lot about proving the juniors can be the same as the heavyweights and taking the juniors to a new level. Right, we'll form a unit of juniors and let's take over and let's be the main event next year. Would it stun you if they don't move Will up, but instead move that whole junior division up?
1: Interesting. Yeah, that wouldn't Building shock me either. Will yeah, up, yeah.
0: Does that big enough stars to try it? Those mm-hmm. two, you throw and and they signed Dragon Lee. Okay, who isn't a star at the level of those two, but has rivalries with them and is a just a notch below. So they went in that direction instead. Alright, they don't move well up, but instead they attempt to elevate the whole division because they have the big enough stars now to do it. I mean, that's something that I don't think is I think it would surprise me, but it wouldn't but they've planted seeds for it so it wouldn't stun me.
1: Yeah, in, in this scenario, is there two like, kind of separate junior div- and, I, and How do I describe this? No, like,
0: it's, it's, it, here's how it would be. Here's how it would be. If the hottest match at that time is Hiromu versus Will Ospreay, that's the main event. right? And Tetsuya Naito, defending against fucking, just pick somebody, Jay White, is the semi-main event. It's just, you. it would take a lot of booking effort, but... If they think Hiromu is, is that kind of a difference-making star, why can't it be done? Right. And, and
1: – I mean, hell, look, you would have said this – if you told me the scenario about the IC title, you know, <laughs> seven years ago, I would have said, nah, you're out of your fucking mind. Get out of here.
0: Right. But, yeah, and for a time, you know, the IC did headline over it, – it It headlined over the heavyweight in a Tokyo Dome yep. show. Mm-hmm. So it's like – in pro wrestling, it's all about who's the draw. Who's drawing money? And if it happens to be the juniors, then they fucking headline. But again, you do have to put booking muscle behind it. But this stuff is a work. You can can accomplish anything you want to accomplish if you have the right stars. And I don't know – now look, they sort of tried this with Liger decades ago and it didn't really work. The circumstances were a little different. This is not the show to get into it, but Hiromu and Will are really great guys to try it with.
1: Yeah. Oh no 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 for sure. Those, those are guys like, and it's no offense to Liger whatsoever, but yeah, there was there was you know size issues at that time. There was uh you know the idea of you know juniors at that. Like I think now that that phobia is kind of gone. It's especially less, with guys like yeah. Will and, and and Hiromu. Like, Will especially. It's a
0: different era. It's a different era. Right. I mean, and then obviously Noah tried it with Kenta and Marafuji and it didn't work out. And it's funny looking back at that because they only drew, like, fucking 9,000 fans of that show. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like – it, but it's like – um, or whatever it was. Have the fake number. They said they sold it out, but there was only, like, eight or nine – whatever. It's either here nor there. But – it's a, but like you're saying now it's a different era and i don't know that stigma does without question still but only because they keep telling
1: us it exists right that's what i was saying like it's not even like that 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 Haruma would get in the ring there or Will Osprey would get in the ring there with Okada and it's like oh my god look at this little guy versus this heavyweight like they're, they're, you know they're, they're not that much different. Like as you said, Naito and Horomu is like not that much different. Looking at pictures, you know, next to each other, it looks like Naito is like kind of a forehead's taller than than Horomu, but it's not. You know, it's not like some unbelievable discrepancy that like yeah, you can't get by. So, but, but you
0: know what? Here's the thing: if he's legitimately a full head taller than him, but my perception is that they're the same size, that tells me Harromu. Well, yeah, is exactly. It. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Then that actually works in my favor of what I'm saying, because the perception is that I, I've never had that perception of this I just they, they seem like guys that are roughly the same size to me even if that's not legitimately the case but I feel like if you if you're constantly telling people that the heavyweights are superior then that's what the p pe- but if you look maybe last year with willow spray and shingle and all that maybe that was even more seed planting for for elevating the juniors, showing that Will and Shingo were on the same level as Davy. The right, they
1: just went in the G one and they just did normal things. Like they they were yeah. better than we predicted. We thought, oh fuck, here are the juniors in the G one. They're gonna get their asses kicked, and they were fine. Like you know, they weren't great. They weren't you know the top of the the blocks, but they were fine. They they acclimated themselves perfectly. So, um, oh, Will
0: Ospreay beat beat, Hir- beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in in in, in Sumo Hall. Right. I mean, it's like getting bigger than that. I mean, it doesn't matter that he lost to whoever the fuck in fucking Nagoya. It does, that doesn't matter when you beat – because because look, I can't even remember, right? I don't remember him, who he lost to, but I remember that he beat Tanahashi. And and that's why, again, this company is so well-booked. Like you would see people say, oh, ah, they fucked up the G1 with Will Ospreay. He only won like four matches. Yeah, but what do you remember? Which ones do you remember? Which ones mattered, right? Beating Tanahashi is what the one that inst- instantly comes to mind coming within a hair of beating Okada. It doesn't fucking matter for what he did against bad luck. Fale. It does not matter. And, and you know, it's like, it, it's a, re- it is literally irrelevant. Okay. So it's like, if they wanted to go that route, they've showed very intelligently that the top junior can go toe to toe with their top, with their very top heavyweights, with their legends and now that this generational star this this this, this you know this heromo who was just so Im- immensely popular is back now would be the time to pull the trigger on something like this but, and it's something that when you look back at the things this company has done over the last year since Hiromu has been gone it makes you think that maybe that is the direction and maybe they sent those two guys out in that presser and told them deliberately to plant those seeds even further I don't know. I just wanted to get your take on it.
1: Absolutely, that's that's fascinating discussion there. So that is the first match of night two. That's that's why you listen to this preview, baby. Like, you know, other people are going to give you the matches, run them down, give their predictions. We just went into it like a, a forty minute diatribe about juniors and the history and the future of juniors in New Japan. That's why you listen to this. But uh, let's move on here. Junior heavyweight tag team championships. Ironically enough, uh, Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasma the champions, defending against Roppongi Three K Show and Yo. Joe, I know what's gonna happen and I don't want it to happen, and it's not because I don't like the guys. I'm just sick of the same story for what feels like now the last four years showing you know, win the junior tag league, win the titles at Wrestle Kingdom, lose the titles in like February, or March, or April or some bullshit, you know, win the junior tag league, win the titles at Wrestle Kingdom, lose it like we've had the same story for years and years and years now, but it's probably gonna happen again. So
0: do you know another book fact. In their history.
1: This book's got a lot of details. This, this book here that you're talking about, Joe, I'm telling you, this is this thing's chock full of good information. Whoever wrote this thing. Was That's
0: because you know we are the definitive voices of New Japan. Um the, the Rapangi three K has had three title, they've had one title run each year that they've been in the company, that that they've been back. In totality, they've had one successful title defense. <laughs>
1: Would you have believed that if I didn't tell I you? Wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would have at least thought like four or five. I can't believe it's only but one. That's insane.
0: <laughs> they, they win the junior tournament every year. They've literally won it every year, okay, since they've been back. At some point, they win the titles, not always at Wrestle Kingdom, but, you know, at some point early in the year, they win the titles, and then they immediately lose them, and then they lose all year long, and then they win the, t- the tournament, and rinse, repeat, we do the same thing again. We've done it three years in a row, and it is getting tiresome. And I wouldn't mind if they won this match, but I want them to have a long, definitive title reign where they dominate and they hold the titles all year and they don't lose them again until next Wrestle Kingdom, and then you break the team up. They've only been around a shade over two years, but they feel so long Mm -hmm, in the tooth. I feel like they've been around a decade, but it's only been a little over two years because they came back the tail end of 2017. So it's really all of 18, all of 19, Two months and 17.
1: What doesn't help, too, is I think, didn't they, in their re-debut match, won the titles?
0: Yes, they did.
1: So they that always, so they came back right away, boom, and they already started the story. And we went on the same story since the moment they walked into the company again.
0: That's right. They won the titles in their first match. Then they won the tag tournament when it was still a, tour, a knockout tournament. They won three matches in a row to win that. And they won, like, their first five or six matches before they lost the titles. And then we've been on this constant rinse-repeat cycle with them. Um, But I want them to just have a long definitive run, a trademark run, which they have not had yet, and then um, split up at the next Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I would like to see because I would like to see – they're not young either. They're 30 years old. I think they're 31 and 30. They were older young Lions than you think. They weren't 18, 19 years old as young Lions. They were in their mid-20s already. So that's the other thing too. It's it's shit or Get off the pot, time. If you're gonna push these guys as singles, it's now or never, because next year they're 32 and 31, and it's like, come on now. Ok- Okada is like, well, how old is Okada? 34 or something?
1: Joe, he's 32 years old.
0: Yeah, Okada's <laughs> 32.
1: I, re- I wrote and, in the in the book that like I went over everything he's accomplished at age 32. He's the same age as me. He's almost like identically the same age as me. And like that entire day was like New Year's Day. That I was writing this profile, and I'm thinking. Man, I gotta lose weight. I'm really out of shape. Like, you know, I haven't really been, you know, working out that much. But I can't run because I get shin splints. So I'm trying to think of ways that I can, you know, do do decent cardio, lose some weight, and and not have the shin splints flare up. And this asshole's like, yeah, I've like made a and to him in Tokyo five times, <laughs> the champion for you. Know, it's like you fuck. And
0: he's essentially the same age as these. Two.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I think we all think have a world of potential, not Okada level potential. Let's not get crazy, but I think they could bring something to the table at singles. And sorry, I'm very sick, and I just had a coughing fit, and I muted. Um, and and them doing this act where they even their gimmick is like they're teenagers. Their gimmick is like that they teenagers.
1: Weird, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, yo thirty-one. It's, it's, Jesus, I would have never guessed that he was thirty-one. Yeah. He was born in 1988. My God,
0: the show is thirty, and it's like you know. Because they were like 24, 25 when they were Lions, and they were Lions forever.
1: Yeah, oh God, it was excruciatingly long.
0: So, you know, this team, they just, I mean, fuck, man. Yo just needs to turn on this guy already, or the other way around. I don't even care at this point. Just do what you're going to do with them. You know, I—I I, it's, it, but, you know, if they win this match, and I think they will, you know, give them that long yeah, let's, let's not I have him, let's not have them lose, him lose at the
1: anniversary much. show or lose at New Beginning or what. Yeah, let's 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 try to stretch this out a little bit.
0: Because if you're gonna split them up and push one or the other or push both of them, you want to establish that they're dominant all over all these other teams before you do that. If they run through the whole division and beat everybody, they beat these guys, they beat them again in a rematch, they beat uh, Kanamoru and Despi who have really been their top rivals when you really go back and look at the history. Uh, you have them beat. Uh, you know, you go through every fucking junior team twice if you have to to get them through the year, and you prepare another team over the course of the year. I don't know who, uh, maybe someone coming back from this, who, whatever, and then they lose at Wrestle Kingdom, and then you split them up. I, I really think that's the play, and then you do because then at that point they're thirty two and thirty one years old, and then you know from that you know you're, you're at that point you're starting to run out of time. It's going to take a year or two if you're going to push somebody to build them up and all that as a single. It's just the time isn't low. It's time to kind of get out of this teenager gimmick. You know, it suited them when they came in, and but it's like, it's, they're out there dancing around. These yeah, are 30-year-old you, men.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're hey. making me hate this gimmick, because I love this gimmick right now, but I promise you, Joe, on night two, when they're going to be out there fucking gyrating and blowing off their fucking steam, and going to be like, oh, man, because, yeah, they have, like, backwards hats on. They're like, what's up, dude? We're radical. <laughs> like, hello, adults. Yeah, like, we're like, skateboarding with their side hats and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of like that. The, oh, God, I'm going to hate them now. Yeah. Damn it, Joe. <laughs>
0: it's like the fabulous ones when Steve Kern started going bald. It's like, look, you can't be yeah, a male right. stripper anymore.
1: Yeah, it's over, dude.
0: All right, you're too old for this. Okay, it's time to, to move it along, you know? Oh,
1: so Man, you've ruined a prongy 3K for me. All right, never mind, they just hit break up now, I guess. Yeah. Or get a little serious. In the man, family. you know what,
0: show some Joseph- Let's do it here. Maybe they lose this match. Yeah,
1: they they fucking start pushing each other, and yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Maybe that's a better idea, right? Well, like you said, the only problem with that is like they haven't felt dominant, so it's like where do they go after that? Like they have their little feud, and then when they're done, it's like all right, what do you do with show? Like you know what? Like you haven't heated them up yet. I don't think sufficiently enough to be you know good singles stars. So
0: you're right. You're right. Yeah, it it makes more sense for them to dominate first. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, but they'll probably fucking lose them the anniversary show or some bullshit. All right, Uh move on now. British heavyweight championship match, uh, as we said, a little bit higher than the never-openweight six-man here the rough for British heavyweight title. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. So this will be an interesting one here. Uh, can't really... I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air of who I think is going to win this one. I think it could go either way, really.
0: You know what's great about these two shows? I don't really know who's winning a lot of these no, matches. No,
1: I mean, yeah. I feel bad that we're not like giving our... like. Joe and Rich's like official predictions, but it's like, I don't know, I'm just going to sit back and watch. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, it could be either guy. Who who knows?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of these matches are, are 50 50 matches to me. I, I really don't know.
1: So, and in a good way, uh, not in a WWE way where it's like, who fucking cares? Cause they didn't think about it either. Like, in the fact that, like, they've told good, sufficient stories with either guy where it's like, yeah, I could, I could buy that either guy wins that. So,
0: yeah, where it's not obvious. You know, I don't know who's winning this match. I don't know who's coming away with the, uh, with the U S title after all that's said and done, I did. We call it, were we calling that the never title when we talked about Archer and Moxley? I'm afraid we might. have uh, I think we
1: said, I, I said U S every time we may have slipped, oh. but I, I always try to say U S, but yeah, it might, it's possible we slipped.
0: So I don't know who's coming out of the U S thing. Um, I don't know who's winning that junior tag match, I, you know, because juice is in the U S thing. I don't know who's winning the heavyweight tag match. The, the, the tor- the tournament for the heavyweight title is we just talked about how up in the air that is. They've done a good job booking this thing to where the finishes are not obvious really in any of the matches. So I think that's uh, important to note too.
1: Uh, and that gives us a nice way to kind of move into this match too the IWGP United States Championship uh, to be decided the champion coming in versus Juice Robinson. As you said, there's some weird issues there where the two men have to battle in a Texas death match and then Juice you know, can pick up their scraps the next night. And that's why I really do think that Juice is winning this match. And that's why I have no idea what's going on with night one, because in my mind, it's probably going to be Moxley defeating Lance Archer. And then Mox, I don't know if you can really have him hold that title or leave Japan with that title. Not that I don't think he's going to come back, but in because you don't know exactly when he's coming back, you don't know his next schedule, you don't know his next booking, That makes no sense to really have him keep the title. So I think it makes a lot of sense then to have Juice win the title on the way out, but... I mean, it's possible that that guy runs through both guys. Maybe Juice wins you know, the tag titles the night prior and then loses here and, and you know, maybe Archer wins both or maybe Moxley wins both or whatever. I, I don't know. It's like for me, the, the scenario that seems most likely to me is that Juice leaves here as the champion. But I mean, I don't know. I could be, I could be talked into any other scenario as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, are they going to use this title to headline their United States shows? If that's the case, Moxley can't come away with the title. He cannot work the U.S. shows,
1: and, so. and that to me is the biggest thing that I think about for this title, especially with New Japan and USA coming up. That it's yeah. got to be someone like an Archer, or, or or more probably more suited for that. It, 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 it might be Juice, but I guess I guess Archer could be suited for that uh, as well. But like that's the important thing. There is like I the way I think of that title is yes, that that title will have an important you know important part of that New Japan and USA stuff, and then it, it literally cannot be Moxley. Moxley cannot do that, so. It has to be either Archer or Juice, and, and Juice seems like the more likely pick in my mind right now.
0: Or are we just assuming that that title that those tours will be built around that title? They might just build those tours around Okada, for all we know. We don't you know, I don't I have no idea. Um so if that's the case, then anyone can come out of this little threesome with the with the title. It doesn't make a difference. Um so 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 I don't know. But other than that, it's hard to really break down a match where I don't know who one of the two participants is. But um, this is the most awkwardly booked thing
1: on the show. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like it at all. It's so weird. Uh, we have we have one more that's even a little more dumb, but I, I think that will literally be like you and I, I think we'll say five words and move on there, but uh, it's not going to be this one. Kenta versus Roki Goda. We were very upset about this a few weeks ago. Joe, have you cooled down a little bit? Or are you a little bit more excited about Kenta versus Roki Goto, or are you just pissed that it's not Shibata?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do all that again. I mean, we set our piece when it comes to that. Um, I still think he did way too much physically to to where there's no plans. So I don't know if that's just wishful thinking, or I don't know if you can get yanked down from the apron and you can take bumps. Then what's the difference in, in whether a bell rings before you do it or not? Right. I, you know, it,
1: it, the, the drop kick, man. Like if if his head is so like. Oh my God! You can't touch his head, or else his, you know his, his brain's going to explode. The man did a dropkick landing on the back of his head in the corner. Like, come on!
0: You know, and and in that LA dojo, I'm sure he's doing physical things, but 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 I don't know. Um, and we speculated on it the first time we previewed the show. Maybe they're saving a Shibata return match for one of the big building shows later in the year, right? And this would be your setup. I you know I don't know, but um. Kenta's been such a great champion, and not because he's had like, you know, a hundred tremendous title defenses or anything like that, just because he's back to being a prick. And that's what he needs to be. Just a bully and an asshole. And he's just so much comfortable in that role. And his promos have been just incredible. Um, And you really want to see Goto kick his ass. You know what I mean? You just want to see Goto kick this guy's ass and hit the fucking Ushiguroshi in the reverse fucking GTR gimmick or whatever and pin him in the middle. You, you really, you, you, that, it's been well built in that regard because Kenta's such an asshole. Um, but again, I don't, I don't have a good feel for who's going to win this. If 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 Shibata wrestling is in the cards, then Kent is winning. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, then Goto's is winning. It, that's it's really as simple as that's, that. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say that's exactly what it comes down to. And, and and this is one that I think a lot of people will be shocked if GoTo wins this match, but I wouldn't be super shocked if he does. No, I mean, GoTo no, GoTo is I, still you know for all the GoTo the geek jokes and all that sort of stuff, he's still treated like a pretty big deal. I mean, this guy you know is not is not far removed from having some big time matches and big time wins. At Wrestle Kingdoms before, so yeah, it would not be out of the question if he goes in there and, as you said, just fucking drops that geek on his fucking the back of his or drops that asshole on the back of his head and, and pins him in the middle of the ring or whatever. There's not any you know possible you know that, that could definitely happen too. But yeah, I, I could see just as likely Kenta winning, and that, that's cool. This is another match that I go into saying, all right, I don't know who's gonna win, and I'm excited to see it because yeah, I could I could justify either guy winning and and, and be totally fine with it. So
0: it, it, Wrestle Kingdom is this guy's show. Okay, he's won tag titles there. He beat Suzuki there in a great match. He, he wrestled Shibata at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he had a... Um, uh, I think he had a great match. Yeah, he won the I- tag,
1: yeah, Did you say the tag titles already? I forgot yeah, if you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's had some excellent Wrestle Kingdoms, Goto. So, um, you know, he... He's dropped the ball at some other shows, but uh, he's always treated well on this show, and he always performs well on this show. And you know, I think these two guys will have a hard hitting goto always has hard hitting matches too and you know kenta is not afraid to mix it up so i could see this being a very hard hitting match and to a certain segment of fan i think this might if if, if the match is as good as it, as it can be to a certain segment of fan this, this will be their favorite match on both nights because it'll be hard hitting and go back and um, it'll be nasty you know, and if there's limited bull- – that that's just the thing, Noah Kenta, too. His matches have had a lot of bullshit. So, you know, if you got Yujiro sliding into the ring and Shibata chasing them off, I mean, you know, that takes the edge off a little bit. And I could easily see that happening.
1: And Godo you know, is a beast at Wrestle Kingdom, man. if you I looked at his – yeah. oh, my God. I'm looking – okay, it, so – Run it down. Go ahead. Yeah, so 2008, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 2, uh, he loses the Great Muda. That's fine, you know. Take a pin to the Great muda. That's no problem. It's 2008. It's a long time ago. Uh, Next year, 2009, him and Nakamura defeat Misawa and Segura. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's a pretty good. uh, There, uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, 4, 2010, Segura defeats Hiroki Goto. So, okay, two in a row. Uh, Or, or, you know, Avengers uh, the year prior. Uh, 2011 again he loses again him and him and Okada lose to Segura and and Takeyama. so we're not quite there uh, yet but by 2012 that's, we get started here that's young boy that's young boy Okada exactly too. right 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 but yeah. uh, 2012 he beats Segura uh, 2013 he loses uh, him and Carl Anderson lose to the Killer Elite Squad and so then
0: they the long, it was the long Noah feud for like four years.
1: Anderson, right, right, right,
0: right. culminated with the singles match against Takashi Sagara. Yeah, so then, what was that tag match there
1: you just said? Then, so, Wrestle uh, Kingdom 7 was uh, K. S. Uh, Smith and Archer, defeating yeah. Goto and Anderson uh, to retain the tag team titles. And then, oh man, <laughs> 2014 it's it's beats cool. Shibata. 2015, him and Shibata beat the Bullet Club, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Uh, 2016, he beats Tetsuya Naito. I think a lot of people forget about that yes. match uh, even happening at all. 2017, he beats Shibata. Yeah
0: follow-up was so bad because he had that awful match against Okada at New Beginning.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they built him up, and then, yeah, that was... Oh.
0: White paint and all that, and then <sighs> they had, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: anyway. Uh, 2017, he beats Shibata for the Never Openweight title. 2018, he beats Suzuki for the Never Openweight title. Yeah. And 2019, well, he was in the never open weight gauntlet, so <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just strike that one for the record. But otherwise, other than that, he's been you know pretty good ever since that match against Segura in 2012. He's pretty much been on a, a huge roll, uh, and all of those, those matches,
0: all of those matches were awesome for the most part. So um, I told you this is kind of like his show. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, he you know he's usually put in a decent position, and he almost always performs well.
1: All right, and then the match, I think Joe and I will have maybe five combined words about. It is the third place match, the Okada versus the Bushi loser versus the Knight, uh, the Naito and White loser. But
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just hope it's a really great match, whoever ends up in it.
1: Yep, yeah, same as me. So, I, don't, I can't break down a third place. I just can't. I know some people are like, yeah, they're like, you know, I saw in, in some previews when I think our own preview was like, oh, American fans don't like it, but in Europe and soccer, and I don't care. I don't care about yeah. a third place. I'm never going to care about a third place. The, yeah, maybe it's an America thing, maybe it's a me thing, maybe it's a sports thing. I, I don't know, but I'm never, ever, ever going to care about a third place match. I don't care. Yeah, don't care. I would, I would just turn in the bronze. I just say you can keep it. I don't, I don't really want it. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just want to see, I want to see a great wrestling match. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that, that's all you hope, and and you hope that the hope is that like whoever loses there, or whoever the two losers are, that they go out there, they have a great match. Then it's it's obvious that you know when that guy when it's ready, you know that next guy now is you know he can get another title shot somewhere down the line or whatever. But yeah, that, that's all you're really looking for. Yeah, uh, it's a good match out of there. Uh, We have here Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. But, Joe, this is just a normal singles match. Jericho making a challenge out to Tanahashi. But they've added a little stipulation here. If Tanahashi wins, he will receive a match for Jericho's AEW World Championship. Joe, oh, my God, the controversy for some reason.
0: Anyone who doesn't like this is is (laughs) fucking out of their mind. They're
1: fucking dorks.
0: You're out of your mind. This, This makes this match so much more interesting. I mean, there's no counter-argument. You cannot – I don't care if you hate AEW. I don't care if uh, you, know, you think the elite are geeks and, and if you don't want AEW and New Japan intermingling. That's all – that's fine. You're entitled to that opinion. What you can't argue with me about is that this stipulation does not make this match immensely more interesting than it was before. And it's just so intriguing how it's going to be booked now. Before, it didn't really matter all that much. You just had these two legends. One will win, one will lose. Um, it was inconsequential, really, what the result was going to be. Now, with all these politics involved, and it's going to be so, so much more tense and so much more dramatic with these near falls, with the possibility that if Tanahashi wins this match, he's going to be wrestling on AEW show at some point. Or... Challenging for that title on a new Japan show. I mean it, it has added so much to a match that Rich honestly had was cold. This match was cold as ice.
1: There wasn't anything going on. Yeah, I was kind of hyped for this match when it first got announced, and then just like nothing happened. Obviously, Jericho's busy. He's not in Japan. He, you know, he wasn't even sending as many videos as he had been doing prior. Like there was nothing going on with this thing. And I'm wondering. I'm looking at this thing like, oh man, this is the semi-main event of night two. Like this needs to deliver. And now, now it's pretty big. Now it's pretty fun. And 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 I mean, I'm not betting against Roshi Tanahashi uh, on a Russell Kingdom. I'm not betting against Chris Jericho in a big moment either. But yeah, now you have that added little story there. Like I thought the match itself, no matter what the story was going to be, was going to be a good match because those, you know, those two guys are always going to bring it. But now there's a, a little bit more of a stipulation there, a little bit more of a, you know, an interest in, in, in who wins and, and, and how they win and, and the style in which the match is, is wrestled. There's a lot that matters here, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I can't wait.
0: Rich, this match was ice cold. Jericho did the video of Power Struggle and then nothing. You know? And now it's the most intriguing results on the entire – more so than even who wins the tournament. To me, this is the most intriguing result. Because it has ripple effects in the entire industry, depending what happens here in this match. And, you know, I am so curious how this is going to be booked. You know, Jericho has lost like his last two or three New Japan matches, so he's due to win one. And I know that to some extent he's bulletproof, but eventually he got to win a match at some point. And then you got Tanahashi and, and the possibility of him winning and then the whole – that guarantees that there's going to be at least some more interaction between the two companies – Holy shit, did they just take this match from, you know, on a scale of 0 to 100. I think when Jericho challenged a power struggle, maybe this would have been a 70 or an 80. And then it cooled off to the point where we were at like a 20. And now that, you know, we're doing, we've added the stipulation, this match is like a 90. So there's no question it's poured some kerosene and lit it on fire for what previously was a ice cold match. It's a stroke of genius by these two guys and good for new Japan and good for AEW to go along with it. And maybe it was just Jericho and Tanahashi going into business for themselves at first.
1: Right. I was, that was going to be my next question is is, is, is this something that they started or is this something that, that, that the company started? But I, I tend to think it was just those two dudes kind of freestyle. It was,
0: that, I, yeah, I think they, the, these two guys knew the match was cold. I think Tanahashi knew the match was cold, and he threw that out there. Jericho, as you know, is is just – when it comes to this stuff, he's a genius. He's a brilliant guy. He knew it was cold. He knew to run with it. And Rich, if there's two guys in each of these respective companies who can get away with going into business for themselves, it's these
1: Oh, two. yeah, because you're not going to tell Jericho, nah, man, don't do that, or get Jericho in trouble. And yeah, Tanahashi's fucking Teflon in New Japan as well. Yeah, what are yeah,
0: those- they going to do? They gonna, they gonna <laughs> right. Are they going to fire Tanahashi? Are they going to – Are they gonna? Is AEW gonna tell Jericho what to do? These are the two guys in each company that can get away with doing going into business for themselves. And then when New Japan saw that it had people talking, of course they went with it. You know. And what's AEW gonna do? Uh, Are they gonna jump in and stop this? No, they want to do business with New Japan, so they're not gonna you know be assholes about it you know they they, they they this is good for them their foot is in the door now this is good for everybody but it's especially good for every for the 40,000 people sitting in that building on the 5th and everybody else watching on new japan world because the stakes for this match just went from no stakes to the ultimate stakes and the ultimate curiosity of what of what's going to happen here so you know this was a match that i was fairly interested in before but now it's like Maybe my second or third most anticipated match, just to see how they book it. So this was just—if this was Tanahashi and Jericho just doing this on their own, it's genius level. But this is two guys who are wrestling geniuses, so it yeah. makes sense.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited about it now too, and 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 yeah, I can't wait to see uh, what the uh, the result is. And and another one where again, like I, I mean, I could. I it's pretty likely that Tanahashi could win and I could see it pretty likely that Jericho wins as well. So where where you know, where where are you residing? Like if you if you're a betting man, which of the two? Well, you are betting man, but if you're betting on this particular match and this particular show, what where would where would you put your money?
0: Well, I think Jericho's gonna win. And I think that um they probably knew that, that was the finish, and then Tanahashi, a light bulb, probably went off and said, Well shit, if I'm losing anyway, right? Why don't we do this? Because he's the one who brought it up first. He said, "If I win, I want a shot at that title." And if he knew he wasn't winning, he knew he could get away with saying that. And then Jericho probably thought to himself, "Well, shit, that's fucking that's pretty brilliant." You know, I'm going over in this match anyway, so why don't we just add these stakes that are going to get everybody talking? It's going to make this cold match into a hot match, and there's no harm, no foul because I'm winning the match anyway, right? So, I to me, that's what I think the thought process was. And then from the AEW side, there's you know no, you know apprehension of of your champion being beat because they don't want you know they might not, and it's like from the New Japan side, well Tanahashi was losing anyway, so what's the difference? So no one really, there's nothing to lose here for any side, but there's something to gain for everybody. So um, I, I do think Jericho will win.
1: Uh, percent chance, like any chance in your mind that that that. Tanahashi wins.
0: Well, I want I want Tanahashi to win. I, think it'd be cool. I like, yeah,
1: for wrestling that would be pretty cool.
0: It'd be great for wrestling. I like the chaos. I would love to see people whine and cry about New Japan doing business with AEW from a Shaden Freud aspect. I would love that. Um, so I, I I will root for Tanahashi, and I hope he wins. And um, but I I I think Jericho will win though, and I think if I were to put. <sighs> I'd say it's 70, 30 or 80, 20 that Jericho would. I think he's, he should be a heavy favorite. I don't know what the actual betting odds are, but um if he's a slight favorite or if it's even money, I think he's a great bet, but um but I but I will be rooting for Tanahashi. but but listen, Jericho hits that Judas effect out of nowhere and pins this guy. I mean I would like that too. Oh, like sure. I don't yeah. that'd be a lot of fun, too. You know, and it's uh, – I can't figure out – and let me pitch this to you because I know you like him too. I can't figure out if I like Jericho in an ironic way or a real way. I cannot pin it down. Is he good or does he suck? I can't
1: figure <laughs> out. Yeah. Does um I-
0: I enjoy the the fuck out of everything he does. Like I love his his, pro, his promos are just great. No, I mean, I mean the
1: promos that's unquestioned. Yeah, he's. If fucking you don't
0: kind of like of his happy. promos, I don't understand why you like. That's just it's such total perfect pro wrestling promo stuff. I mean, you gotta love his promos. Wait, well, yeah, I saw
1: like people last but, night being like, he's talking about this card being worth a million dollars. It's only five hundred thousand. I'm like, that's the fucking joke, you idiots. He's a oh, my God. he's a coked out like fucking rock star who doesn't know he's on the heel the heels are lie they're stupid like but people are so it's the brain rot heels are always the smartest right, yeah. best yeah. You know, they're always conniving, they're always beating up the baby faces or whatever, and they forget that old school heels were just like fucking wrong all the time. They're just liars. There's assholes and they believe their own bullshit. So Chris Jericho's like, Yeah, this is great. Yeah, this guy, you know, and he believes his own bullshit because he's a heel. So but anyway. Yeah.
0: They embellish, they lie, they exaggerate. That's what a heel does. That's think of the people you hate in your own life. They're liars, they exaggerate, they embellish, they're you know, it's it's you know, that, that you're right. That's old school, but you know, people are stupid. But as far as his wrestling goes, okay, I can't figure out If this shit is good or I'm caught up in some, you know, ironic fucking vortex where I'm just so into the character and wrapped up in all that. So what do you think? Because you're someone else who typically enjoys his matches the way that I do. Is he good or is he an old chubby guy with weird abs on top of his fat? (laughs) Why does he have abs on top of his body? I don't know.
1: I have no idea. Because it's your body just kinda it's it's
0: but his body fits his
1: character. It does. And that's what I'm you know, the reason why, and the reason and this is why I'm gonna say that he's good at it. Is because if his character was that he was this flamboyant, like badass baby face that the girls wanna be with and the guys wanna be or whatever, then it would suck because he turns purple, he's fat, he's got abs on top of his fat, his fat's hanging over his belt, he clearly only drinks vodka, and that's his, you know, source of, of, of nutrition. Sustenance. Yeah. But like he's like an overweight like rock star that thinks he's a bigger deal than he is. So it works. Yeah. And that's why I think yeah. it's good because he plays the role perfectly. He does that role yeah. like he's not—he's not trying to be anything that he's not. And, and the role is that, yeah, he's an overweight, out of shape, you know, past his prime rock star.
0: But he thinks he looks good.
1: Right. He thinks he looks like a million bucks. He thinks he's—he's—he's he's, he's got the teased hair going. He's got the glasses. He's yeah. He thinks he, he looks, looks like a million dollars.
0: Yeah. He looks in the mirror and he thinks it's nineteen ninety seven. Right. But. He doesn't understand.
1: Yeah. So that's why I think it's good because he wrestles to that style, too, because he's just a big fatty that just kind of like loafs around the ring or whatever. But it like it works, though, because and the cool thing about it, too, is he'll show you a little bits of of the old Jericho, but not a lot of that. And that he wouldn't if he was if he tried to be the old Jericho and just sucked at it and would slip on the lion's salt and and kind of look like shit when he did a lot of his stuff. Then, no, it would be crap. It'd be garbage. But he's not sloppy. He's just like he looks sloppy. But his actual in-ring work is that he's just kind of this fat brawler now, so it works. It really does. Yeah. No, I I don't think it's ironic. I think he's legitimately good at, at his role. What like yeah. in a, so your question like in a vacuum is he a good wrestler? No, I mean like I'd probably want I'd rather watch a hundred Will Ospreay matches before I'd watch you know hundred you know recent year Chris Jericho matches. But the role is perfect. He 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 nails the role exactly the way you want it, and it's fine. Like it it, it works for that and it works for his character. So so. It's but, one the, but, of the, the matches, but the matches are good. No, they are. They are.
0: But it's like, th- that's no, why he's good. Weird.
1: He's like, good. No, he is. He's good at that. He's good at being a sloppy, drunk, fat guy. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's, you're right. I don't know if that's me being ironic about it or not. Yeah, you
0: see how confusing it is? I do. I don't it don't is
1: tough. That. He's so good. Hey, that's why he's one of the greatest of all time. Like, he makes he bad good. <laughs> like, his matches are bad, but they're also fantastic and good. But they're not bad; they're good. But they, but like, <laughs> they are bad though. They're like it's, it's yeah. But it is what a yeah. You've what a what a thought experiment but, you've given me here. That's, yeah,
0: but like hit the hit the way he moves around the ring and stuff. It fits who his his wrestling character is, and I think that's what you were just trying to express. You know what I mean? Like he's not. It, the grittiness works for him, and it's not so sloppy to where. It's bad. It's still good. I don't. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't look. I do. I trust that he's going to get in there with arguably the greatest wrestler of all time and have a good match. Yeah, I trust that a lot. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to kill it. I do. Um, is there a possibility that with Tanahashi's body and Jericho teetering the line between good and bad? That it could fall apart. I Yeah, I think that possibility exists too. But they're so charismatic that I think that could carry them anyway. Even if the match isn't clicking the way that they might want it to. But, and especially now with all this edit drama with the stipulation. I don't know, I'm fucking into this match.
1: No, I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait for this match. I like sloppy, and- drunk, purple Chris Jericho. I love it. I and
0: care. I would like to see Tanahashi win to see people whine about it because people are going to be mad if Tanahashi wins and there's more of this AEW New Japan stuff. So I would like, I think the-, the reactions to that stuff will be interesting.
1: All right. And then the main event of night two, of course, is mentioned the IWGP heavyweight champion versus the IWGP intercontinental champion. Uh, Joe, we talked about it a little bit in our preview of night one, but this is the final pick. The final prediction is the match Okada versus Naito and Naito walks out as champion.
0: That's my prediction. The intrigue for me beyond that is, is this the end of the IC title? And do they then elevate never or us or junior, as we discussed earlier to being the equal of the heavyweight or the other thing that could headline, this is another argument in favor of elevating the entire junior division, right? If you get rid of the IC, mm-hmm. you need something to fill that void. If Shibata's coming back, then it's never, then it's easy. We talked about that last time, right? Shibata against Kenta for the never title, Dominion or wherever. And then, you know, Shibata is your one B to your one A. But if he's not coming back and, These U.S. guys in the mix right now don't seem like main event caliber guys, at least not today. You know, when you're talking about Lance Archer and Juice Robinson and people like that, then maybe if they do eliminate IC and they just merge these together as sort of an undisputed champion or whatever, you need something else to headline those off shows. Maybe that's where Hiromu comes in and and what we discussed before. I'm just tossing that out there. Because what do you do with the Intercontinental title once somebody wins them both? Do they just immediately give it up? Well, then what was the point of all this? Right,
1: and it also makes that title look like an absolute geek title then too. Yeah. Like, If the guy's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want this thing. I don't really need this anymore. And they've they've done they've kind of done some damage to that title already. And it's it's they're they're kind of sort of rebuilding it. But yeah, that would lose all goodwill again if like the guy wins it and is just like, oh, I don't really want this. So title. I kind of
0: <laughs> so I kind of think they might just be folding it in, and then you're going to need something to replace it, and. We talked about Gato's booking earlier, a couple hours ago, I guess at this point, but he's not someone who's unprepared for these scenarios. I mean, so I don't know that there's a lot of intrigue there and there's a lot of puzzle pieces that need to fall into place. And I think after these two shows, there's going to be a lot of new directions in this company that none of us saw coming. And I'm trying to identify them the best I can and throw some scenarios out there, So you know. I'll probably be wrong about most of this. Maybe I've nailed some of it, you know, but I I really feel like there's gonna be a bunch of new creative changes for the company in twenty twenty that are gonna scare a lot of people. A lot of people will complain. Um, a lot of people will think it's fresh and new, but I, I do think new stuff is coming. Just by the layout of these shows and, mm-hmm. and how there's little hints and some of it wouldn't you know, I, I just don't think it's just gonna be a straightforward Couple of shows where it's the status quo when all the dust settles. I do think there's going to be some some shake ups and changes.
1: no, it definitely feels that way yeah there's there's enough things on the show and there's enough kind of new directions that you could see and, and and that's what we always you know talk about with these wrestle kingdoms and and, and people kind of forget about them you know in the, in the build ups. To them, but like, yeah, there's a lot of times there are some some dramatic new directions that happen after these shows or whatnot, and and more times than not, like it, it, yeah, it, things don't go always according to plan. Things do kind of get pretty crazy after them. Like, not many of them are are exactly as you expected, and when it's over, everything's the same. Like, there's a lot of you know transformative things that happen, and, and yeah, the biggest thing could be that I that I see title, which yeah, it it, it doesn't make sense to have a double champion, and 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 like you said, the, the idea is is he defending this every month or what? Like, that's not even a good scenario either because like that's unsustainable. That the guy defends it every single month or whatever and then it's even worse too if like say he defends it that first month and loses it at at new beginning or or loses it at you know whatever in march or whatever it's just like oh all right like it really wasn't really worth anything and then we're kind of just back to square one with that title that just doesn't kind of work so yeah i I love the idea of rolling those titles in to each other and then making the never something bigger or yeah making the juniors that 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 secondary title which which makes all sense in the world to me
0: you're not gonna have a this double champion thing and then not fold those titles into each other you can't he's not the winner isn't going to defend both of these titles separately they're not going to do that it wouldn't make any sense it's got to be you know either folded into each other or something that's renamed or or something which would uh, you know really buck against history to to change the name of the top title i don't think they would do that but um but yeah that's not going to be a thing where this guy has two different titles and is alternating defending them. I don't think they're going that route, which is why I think you kind of just have to get rid of the Intercontinental then. And maybe they do feel like they have too many titles right now. And this like kills two birds and one stone. It gives someone a mega push as the double champion. And it eliminates one of the singles titles,
1: right? And it particularly works too that story that you're mentioning, it particularly works with Naito if he if he wins both, because he's shown complete disdain for you know that IC title. So yeah. he's probably the best guy to say, hey, this title's you know this title's only meant you know pain and, and 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 suffering for me or whatever. So I don't need this title anymore, and I don't want this title anymore, and I'm I, we're not you know this title's it, like he's the perfect guy to do that because it, it would be a little out of character for like you know Kotobushi to just be like I don't really want this title, <laughs> like you know, or some official word or whatever. So so Naito it, it, in that sense does work as the best guy to kind of say hey you know I, now that I have both belts I have no need for this title anymore and, and, and nobody has a need for this title anymore I'm retiring it you know as the final champion or whatever so that, that's, that's a good scenario to kind of play it out with um, that works because yeah it's just not sustainable to have a guy defending both titles and and yeah I think it just doesn't work very well if he just loses it in like you know March and and, and they don't do that anyway like New Japan does not have they're not going to have their world champion lose uh, an IC title match against Godo in March or whatever like that's just not how they book either no, yeah, I know. I like that's like they're not gonna lose. Like that guy's not gonna lose, so he's gonna have to lose the title at some point. So I don't know. I guess he carries around both titles for a year, in the other scenario, and that's kind of lame too. That doesn't really make much sense. So yeah, I don't, they need to find a way to break him off or or absorb him. So we'll see what it is. But uh, so your your official prediction is Naito over Okada winning both belts.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna predict anything cute. I think they're just gonna do the smart, logical um, thing here and and give people the finish that. Uh, they've been building for the last couple of years. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm kind of there a- a- as well. Like, would I be stunned if, if a cute scenario happens? No. Would I be upset if a cute scenario happens? No. But but yeah, that's that's the scenario I see playing out as well. So anyway, Naito versus Okada. That's a prediction we both have for night two with Naito remaining or, or, or becoming the double champion. There, uh, Joe. Anything else on Wrestle Kingdom 14 or anything else on New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, I feel like you're gonna die so (laughs) So you got you got a busy weekend like you got wrestle kingdom let's 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 rest you up get that voice back
0: yeah i mean um breaking kayfabe here because it's all edited and pieced together i vomited during (laughs) this
1: it was pretty gross yeah so um (laughs) i heard i I heard the beginning of a vomit and then silence and i was like oh uh -oh." (laughs) that did sound good so
0: yeah but i mean i feel like you know there hasn't been a lot of sleep a lot of late nights for both of us um it feels like the finish line and now we got to stay up until like six in the morning <laughs>
1: now we have two straight fucking nights of these shows god damn
0: three new year, the new year
1: oh Dash. god oh, fuck Year's Day. i'll and, watch and, it later
0: and mia versus 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 jake lee is about to hit the ring as we record this on a thursday oh, so night you
1: know your ass isn't going to bed you're just gonna watch that
0: No, i'm not going i never said i was going to bed but this feels <laughs> well, like you, you need to between the book and getting this show done, it feels like the finish. Oh, and I'm doing two audio shows tomorrow. So we got to do the Thursday You're TV right. review, the ratings coming out. And, and um, I got a, another news update I want to do tomorrow, too. Right, so I'm going to do some audio tomorrow, I think. I um, take care of the subscribers, man. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash so Wrestling. Best time to subscribe is right now, beginning of the month. You get that full value, full 30 days. Is it thirty days in January? Thirty-one, uh, right? I didn't 31 get 31, thirty
1: one. 30 thirty-one, thirty days, thirty or thirty-one, whatever. Who cares. You're gonna get the
0: thirty f- days has September, April, June, and November. So it's thirty-one. You oh, know that un- little rhyme? mnemonic. Like, I don't.
1: I have never heard that in my life. I don't think so.
0: Uh, I'll tell you. Ready? It's listen. Okay. Thirty day. Thirty days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have thirty-one. Interesting. See, that's how you remember.
1: Okay. Yeah. I already forgot, but that's fine. So, say it a few more times. Not today. You gotta go. But another time, we'll we'll say that and then. Uh, oh. It's very easy. September, October. Who was the other one? September, October, what? No,
0: what's wrong with you? It rhymes. Listen, <laughs> 30, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Okay. It's four months that have 30 days. Got it. September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31. What
1: and about and, and leap that, years? That's Does it, that doesn't account
0: for leap years. Isn't this a leap year?
1: I don't know. Let me check.
0: Or was last year a leap year? Or is know. this year a leap
1: year? Uh, This year, February this end- year's 29th. leap year.
0: This year's a leap year.
1: Born two days away from a leap year. That would be incredible. But anyway.
0: I don't know what that means. What, <laughs> when's your birthday?
1: 27th. February 27th. So very close.
0: Leap year birthdays are shit, right? Yeah. There's just such shit. Born on a leap year. <laughs> That's such shit. Like, it's not the worst though. Like you mentioned, the nurse's birthday is the twenty seventh. Yeah, of December
1: twenty seventh. Like, get out of here. She gets one set of gifts every year. I'm not buying. Yeah,
0: total total rip job. Like the boy in this house, his birthday is like December twentieth. It's like he gets ripped off too. Like you know, you just take a gift off the Christmas pile, and that's the birthday. <laughs> right,
1: gift. exactly. I just give her all of her stuff at Christmas. It goes. That's your birthday gift, too. Enjoy it. So. Fucking
0: fucking horrible. You know. <laughs> And if you're born on leap day, what do you do? You do it on you don't you don't have a fucking birthday.
1: Yeah, they're like, I ah, we'll make it March first this year. I ah, we'll make it February twenty eighth this year. Yeah, but it, it would it would kinda suck, so
0: Yeah, it's such shit. Yeah, it's a terrible birthday to have. Um Yeah, that's it. I guess I'm gonna
1: I'm tired. Yeah, watch I'm that tired. match and then pass out and please get some sleep. Anyway, Patreon.com/slash Voices Wrestling. We have not talked about what we're going to do this weekend as well, uh, but uh, expect some content this weekend during Wrestle Kingdom, uh, as well as Joe really? mentioning that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll be around. So. You might be sleeping, sleep. but no, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. How would I be
0: sleeping. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We haven't discussed that yet. So you don't think I'm watching Wrestle Kingdom? No, live. I know you're
1: watching Wrestle Kingdom live. I just don't know if you're going to have the, uh, the 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 you know the ability to do audio immediately after. So. What
0: the fuck? I just did this show and 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 and, <laughs> and and paused to vomit during the show, and I just I have no voice. I just told you I'm doing two shows tomorrow. I'm a, listen. I put into work. I put into work. So what do you mean? You don't think I got in me to do a show? I just did this show. Unbelievable! I, jeez, this was like over three <laughs> hours long, too. Wasn't it? Well, maybe without the edits.
1: No, when, yeah, when we take on all your puking and, and the nurse being annoying. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be able to. Yeah get that down to under three hours. Anyway, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling for all the uh, bonus content we have coming up in the next few days. Uh, voicesofwrestling.com for the ebook as well. Voicesofwrestling.com slash NJPW19 book if you want to download that. You can also just search Voices of Wrestling year in review ebook. You should find it uh, both on the uh, Payhip as well as Amazon. it will be very easy to find on Amazon as well. Just type in Voices of Wrestling and all of our past books will be up there for you. So nice and easy there. Uh, we have previews, also written previews of both nights. of Russell Keenum, if you want to go and check that out as well uh, and see what everybody on our site is thinking about these shows as well. That might have been another Joe beginning. <laughs> it's either cough attack or a vomit. we got to get out of here. Anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Kreitz. We'll see you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.